everyone. Welcome to the Felicity Optimist versus Cynic podcast with us, your hosts, Melissa and Fish. This is a Felicity Rewatch podcast. We'll watch an episode each week and join you here to talk about it. And a reminder, the one we always give is not a spoiler-free podcast, so you could hear some things that we talk about in this episode that happen in future episodes of the show Felicity, because it's it's not spoiler-free. That's how it works, all right? So I am Melissa, and I'm here with my effervescent co-host, Fish. Fish. Oh, very nice. How are you doing today? I'm good today. It's uh, It's been a good end to the week, and it's nice outside, and we got a little break from the rain. So yeah, I'm pretty happy. All right, well, we're fired up and ready to go here. We're going to talk about season three, episode 13, Blackout. This one originally aired April 25th, 2001. It was directed by Barnett Kelman and written by Josh Rimes. And here's the description. A power outage interrupts Sean's presentation of a film he planned to share with his friends. And Noel tells Felicity that a Seattle internet company is interested in meeting with him about their loser pet store program. Meanwhile, Megan is visited by a gal pal with whom she once had an intimate encounter. Uh, hmm. Fish. No, no mention of Ben or Avery. No, none of that. You know, so I normally throw straight to you first, but I, I actually want to just say that um, this is a real episode of hits and misses for me. Like, yeah. I'm, I am very split between the things that I am just not like not happy about the delivery and things that I loved. So I actually we'll we'll get to some of the things that I, I'm not into as we go through. Um, but I actually wanted to open with my note from an optimist Ooh. because I think that it will help. Mm, it's something that I want to touch on as we go through. And so I think it'll just help set the stage for it. Note from an optimist. The camera work and choreography of this episode was so different from what they normally try to do and so interesting and thought out and executed. I thought it was executed well. Um, This is really about putting the interplay between all the characters on display. And in order to do that, you have to keep the, you can, they not only kept the camera moving, but they kept the people moving and they must have had it very plotted out how they were going to make that happen. And for me, it just, this episode comes off in a totally different way because they approached it with that, like the camera just keeps following people moving through the party. It almost reminds me of um, when there was the game night in mm-hmm. the episode where I wonder if we went back to that, if we'd find it was the same director. Um, but this almost this whole episode was done that way. And that takes a lot of work to execute it, both from the cast and the crew. And I thought it was really interesting. So it makes, it'll probably make this episode hard to track in terms of our notes, but I liked I liked the spirit of the thing. I liked that they did it. I thought they did it well. And I think it'll give us another angle to talk about this episode. Okay. I mean, I definitely see the connection to the game night. 
and and how they went from sort of conversation to conversation. You're right. It absolutely wreaked havoc with my notes. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So that was a little frustrating. Yeah. Uh, I just want to add in, I think they also did a really nice job with the sound. I like the fact that it was raining and those moments where you could hear the thunder or you like saw the lightning before the blackout, you heard the rain sort of coming down and saw it through a window. And, and I found tracking the storm throughout to be very interesting too. Um, you know, it kind of gave you like little moments of this is ominous um, as, as they were going through kind of all the different <laughs> plot lines. Um, so I really enjoyed that, uh, but I would say it did get a little, a little much with, for me going from like small conversation to small conversation, to small conversation between all the different people. Well, uh, it's tough when you're watching it the way we're trying to watch it and to take yeah. notes on it. I think it, I think as I was true. watching it, I thought Fish is going to be complaining about this the entire yep. time that she has to track her notes. But I think if you're not watching it in that way and you're just sort of absorbing it, I do think that it creates a very different vibe. And I think it shows you in a more subtle way how much interplay the different characters have with each other. It really takes you from from relationship to relationship. I was just looking back through some of our like episode ratings just to see if I could match directors to scenes here. The So actually... The director who did the game night is none other than Lawrence Trilling. That's um, but Barnett Kalman has come up for us before. And Barnett Kalman did the episode, the um, morning after pill episode with the flying beer cans. <laughs> or the specifically one flying beer can. And that I, that I was commenting a lot about how interesting some of those camera shots were. So this makes a lot of sense to me. Yeah. Barnett mm-hmm. Kalman also appears as the director on episode two from season two which is where we had high voltage looks for my rating management so it was the list uh, yes um that was I a good one yeah i don't know if i'm seeing necessarily the overlap um with that early. one but i think it's interesting i mean the uh, the shot of carrie in the red dress is certainly iconic um yeah, I, I am seeing a link with the, with what would that be called? Um, like the revolution episode or whatever that was. Mm-hmm. Um, so, okay. Well, there we have it. But look, uh, it feels like this one has to go in order <laughs> yeah. when we talk I about don't, it. I don't, I don't think, think there's, there's any way other to way to do it. <laughs> yeah. Um, so we're going to open up. We're at the loft and it's, Felicity and Noel is where we start, but we'll also see that Sean's in the background eventually on this scene. So Noel is reading a negative review for Loser Pet Store, and he's kind of, he's just actually kind of excited about it. Like, it's an interesting sort of like, (laughs) oh, he is reading things that don't sound great, but he seems so happy about it. (laughs) Well, I mean, his point is people are watching it, and they have opinions about it, and we have all these downloads, so you know it's going pretty well. He says um, they have four hundred thousand downloads right. on episode four. That's crazy. That's a yes. lot. 
that's a lot. lot. Yeah. Um, Especially for that story. time. Yeah. Loser Pet Store was doing pretty well. Okay. I mean, I would watch Loser Pet Store. It sounds fantastic. A great idea. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Why has this not been done? I wonder if anybody has tried to do it. I feel since... like we're going to need some research here. So if anybody knows whether this has actually been done, let us know. Perhaps by some Felicity fan out there. Yeah. I don't know. We'll, um, we'll watch it. Yeah. I mean, thank goodness this is what hit not farm boy animation, right? Am I right? <laughs> yes. Farm boy animation minus the farm and the boy. Yeah. Yeah. And, and otherwise you know, known as animation. Yeah. Just animation. Um, <laughs> so this is one of those episodes where people are just going to continue to thwart each other with breaking news at the wrong time. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I mean, let's admit Sean is in most of this episode and sean is very good at that i'm gonna just, say noel's you know, a major culprit too in this episode in but this, this time episode. it's happening against him um <laughs> where sean mentions this seattle internet company he mentions a job and phyllis like er yeah yeah and now noel is in sort of you know, defensive but he's like ah, it's you know it's a seattle company they just want to meet me and he, she's like oh they want to talk to us she's like he's like no uh, <laughs> just, me. just me no crane.com it was a big hit yeah and, um but like really are either of us going to move to seattle i, I mean i be... love that line from him yeah for, for many reasons one like he's just basically planting his flag in the ground like we're going to be in the same city right which we'll see him waffle on but that's that was a statement um also i know you've had some some wonderful experiences living in seattle for many years Mm -hmm. would you move back well it was a hard city for me uh it was Mm. a hard city to be in i would say though well it's a very different story i think when you're like um you know, as somebody who was going in for an industry that wasn't tech, mm. it was extremely difficult to get my foot in any door, especially professionally with the experience that I had outside of Seattle. I think in the tech world, it's a bit different. I don't know how it would have been at that time. Like I find now that the people like companies like Microsoft and Google and Amazon and whatever, if they have offices there, they're there. Uh, Boeing, um, they're recruiting people from outside of the city. And that is a known thing that they do. And that's fine. But outside of that industry, it doesn't really happen. And it becomes this question of like, who do you know in Seattle? And what have you done in Seattle? It's like, well, we just got here. We just moved Um, (laughs) for everybody who's relocating. Right. So, but I do think like, this is early days of that. And I wonder because Seattle around this time it was still very much like grunge aftermath, you know, yeah. like it was, I think a lot of people who are from Seattle, they look, they look at it like it's this hidden nugget gem sort of place where there's this really cool vibe and this grunge scene. And it's this special, we must protect it all at all costs sort of thing. Seattle's moved really far away from that now and it's becoming a bigger city and, um, probably should take some steps to acknowledge that it's becoming a bigger city from an infrastructure standpoint. And it, I think there are people who desperately want to protect that history and that culture, that vibe. 
And, um, you know, the growth of the city seems to be the opposite of that. So, you know, with a Seattle internet company at that time, you would have all of that stuff starting to collide. And that is true. And, but we do also have the burning question that Mm. I'm sure all of our listeners want to know from someone who, you know, grew up in New York and has also lived in Seattle. Mm -hmm. Where does it rain more? You know, I always find that such a weird thing because people talk so much about how much it rains in Seattle. And I actually don't know that it rains more. And Mm. in the Northeast, you're also going to get snow and nor'easters and hail and freeze. Like when it's still just raining in Seattle, you're getting blizzards. (laughs) So like, I don't know that the Northeast really can talk about that and have any sort of a footing with it because it's still gray for, you know, months and months and months of the year in let's say New York, but it's just that it's not always just rain. Sometimes mm-hmm. it's harder stuff. So I, I don't know. All right. So we got a cold take from Melissa right there. May I not mean, rain as much, but it still sucks if you don't like winter. Really? That's, I, that really does boil it down very well for me. <laughs> I think if you, if you're looking for not weather like that, move south in the u.s that's where you'll get that experience you know go to california go to florida go to arizona go to you know what i mean texas has like there are certain parts of the country that have like violent weather um even in the summer but like you know there are there are places you can go where you are much more likely to see a moderate winter Mm -hmm. and you know they're not usually north no good call in the u.s anyway so that's my uh, that's my PSA to you. Um, <laughs> the other the other thing that's happening in this conversation between Felicity and Noel is that Noel makes casual mention of Avery, mm-hmm. and Felicity is just grossed out every really? time Avery's name comes up. Disgusted. First she's, time I think I've seen her stick her tongue out. Yeah, she's just like, ugh, really though. Yeah. And then still hanging like, out with Avery. Yeah, and Sean's like, sure is. <laughs> yep. And then yep. we get the show calling out what we observed, and Felicity's like, "You just like her because she looks like Ruby." Ooh. <laughs> Whoa! Well, didn't you say that last episode, though? We said that. I think you said that. I thought she looked more like Maggie. Well, yeah, right? I I said that you thought she looked, but the show hadn't acknowledged it. The show addresses um, it head on, right here, uh, right here. And Noel's gonna deny it, even though, come on, Noel. Come on, Noel. It's true. I mean, they're both blonde. I all three of them are blonde. I don't know. I don't. I don't see it. Okay. Okay. Uh, whoo, listeners. <laughs> Who does Avery look like? Um, okay. So that was a that was an easy tee up question there. Uh, the one word <laughs> answer sort of thing. But uh, well, I'm sure we'll throw more your way here in this episode. So. Mm-hmm. Megan's going to enter the scene and this sort of puts the focus more on Megan and Sean now where Megan's like kind of milling about. She's like, I have to shop for Chris. I have to get, you know, she's like prepping and getting things ready and Felicity like Chris. So we're already getting this sense that this is not a casual 
random person to bring around. Felicity has heard something about Chris in the past and um and thinks it's noteworthy. Mm-hmm. And, and she's coming out to uh to see the documentary or so Megan claims. Sean wants to show her the documentary. <laughs> I, like, so uh, we find out that Chris is a filmmaker. She had a short that played at Sundance Film Festival. Um, I don't necessarily think that that's why Chris is coming out, but that's what's going to happen to her. So I got the feeling that like Megan had invited her. Do you think Chris invited herself? Based on the way this episode goes, this feels like something Chris needed to do. Yeah, I mean, it definitely felt like she had a different agenda than seeing the documentary, but I still thought Megan had invited her. And maybe that was just what I thought in my head since Megan mentioned her. Um, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I I don't know that they say that explicitly. I think you and I had slightly different angles of interpreting it, but I, I they don't, I don't know if it, uh maybe it does make a difference i don't know i mean in in my view of it chris is like freaking out about getting married and wants to revisit like rekindle of see if she want, can have another pass at an old flame or like rekindle something and that feels to me like what would have happened is chris would have reached out and said something like oh i'll be in the area or i you know i'm thinking about coming yeah. out and megan might have been like oh yeah you should come over um it feels more natural that that would have been initiated by chris um especially with megan being in a relationship but mm-hmm. i don't know i think we'll, we'll see we'll see how it evolves with them here but we're gonna head to a, a scene with avery and ben at epstein bar mm-hmm. yeah and you know Ben's sitting there. He's trying to study. Mm-hmm. And who comes by? Avery. She comes by. She sits down. And we find out that she has been plumbing the depths of Noel for information about Ben. Mm. Yeah, which Noel has been giving. And yes. so we find out like Ben is struggling in a class and Avery is going to be the hero in this situation. She's like, I know a guy who can get you last year's test. Maybe the, te- maybe the one before that. Um, I will help you cheat. Yeah, basically. I mean, but Ben here right off the bat, I mean, he's talking about his parents and their expectations. I mean, he's sharing quite a lot mm-hmm. with her. I mean, we haven't seen what they've known each other a couple of weeks now. It seemed like she didn't, come around for like those three months mm-hmm. she was doing rehab and stuff like that so for him to be already opening up about that kind of stuff i mean it took him a while to be talking to felicity about it and he's already opening up and you know he's asking her things like oh you know did you cheat and she's like yep and let me just slip my slip my digits to you very very smooth, Avery. Very smooth. Yeah, I think that's well observed that he's he's sharing a lot with her. And again, I guess all we really know from him is that he feels a connection 
what connection does he feel? I don't know, but it's undeniable that he's been, that he feels a connection and that he has been in some way tuned to Avery's frequency. Mm-hmm. I think it comes from a different place than the way that she's tuned to his, you know, like I, (laughs) she's so aggressive um, and so conniving. And he, I don't see that from him, but I don't think he knows what this is either. I, I don't see him being aggressive and conniving, but he is slipping into one of my pet peeves with guys, which is like, oh, like it, it just happened. Like I didn't do anything. Things are just happening around me. It's like, I didn't have any control over it. And it's like, come on. Mm -hmm. Like it, it feels like he's slipping into that territory with her and not taking responsibility for that. And I, I, it's just a pet peeve of mine. I'm like, things don't just happen to you. You do have agency in your own life. It's very true. It's very true. I think, so uh, Ben makes the point that like, oh, I think I want to do this on my own. I don't, I don't think I want the paper. And then Avery's like, well, just in case, let me give you my number. I like this little touch that we see from Scott Speedman here, because we're going to see him take that that it was it a business card or was it just a piece it of looked like it on? right but it, i don't know it's weird yeah she had written her number on a piece of paper that seemed like not a napkin yeah. and um and somewhat flippable and so we see scott speedman we see ben flipping the number in his hands and it reminded me of when he was doing that with the hotel key that maggie gave to him Oh, interesting. We saw that shot. They made a point to make that shot. He's lying in bed on his on his back and he's looking at this card. He's flipping in his hands and he's oh. doing his best thinking. And then he ends up going to Maggie's hotel room. Well, the other thing that puts a nice fine point on it is right after that, we get the thunder. Mm. The ominous thunder. A thun- thunder crash. Yes. Yeah crash of thunder thunder crash lightning crashes and all another day uh, that makes sense, no sense actually right that, uh, that lightning song? crash lightning what? crashes from whatever that band was i don't remember it but lightning crashes and no mother you never oh, heard that song yes is yeah. that that's um grunge that is pearl jam right no, it's not Pearl Jam. It's uh give me one moment. Please stand by. It is alive. Um ah, I mean I remember the song, but I yeah, I'm not good at bands and I'm not good at like remembering stuff as well and also clearly live, seen. Well, I like them very much. Lightning doesn't crash, right? Am I right? Um I think you're right. So Okay, yeah. glad we sorted that out. Um, mm-hmm. Okay, so the thunder crashes here. Mm-hmm. And we're going to head to the girls' apartment where Felicity and Megan are prepping for movie night, uh, film night. Yeah, I mean, this film night, right? I mean, it's it's not like every, it's not like a scheduled thing, but yeah, we're, we're going to watch documentary along with Chris. Um, but what I like here is, so we just heard the thunder, Right. And then you go to the interim music that, of course, I skipped. Um, But they have all these great windows and you're looking out kind of from the kitchen at the windows 
and the lightning flashes all across the windows. Mm-hmm. And so I, I enjoyed that as kind of almost like an opening shot here. It's like clearly something's going to happen. Mm-hmm. It's called blackout. There's now been thunder and now there's lightning. Mm-hmm. It was, yeah. it was nice. Yeah. So there's snacks being put together. Sean's freaking out. He's just milling about the place. Just, just having a panic attack of some sort. Um, mm-hmm. And then we're going to get a moment with Ben and Noel because yeah. Ben now knows that Noel was sharing information about him to Avery. And so Ben is going to pointedly ask that Noel not do that anymore. Well, not all information. He's very specific. He says, stop telling Avery about my grades, mm-hmm. right? He he doesn't say, don't talk to Avery about me. It's like this thing that he's kind of embarrassed about, mm. right? That's what he tells Noel not to talk about. Okay. And I thought it was it was very pointed that he wasn't just blanket statement. Don't talk to Avery about me. Don't tell her personal things about me. It was like, no, don't tell her bad things about me. Yeah. I think honestly, between this episode and the let's get it on episode, the Christmas episode, if you will, where uh, Felicity's mother was in town. If I were Ben, I'd be like fed up with Noel. Fed up to the max with Noel. Um, we're going to get a lot around of... a lot. <laughs> well, and it's not just him being around a lot. Like Noel has become a master of sharing slightly shady information about people, <laughs> specifically Ben, in a way that feels like, oh, but all I said was this. It's like, true. And that felt pointed. And that felt like an angle, you know, like it, it, it's becoming harder for me to say that it's not intentional from Noel because he's doing I it. I still so don't think it's intentional. I, I, I don't think the thing he did at dinner in that episode was intentional. The problem is it's now coupled with an episode like this, where he's doing this stuff so much. And we'll, I mean, we'll get to examples of it, I guess it hasn't happened yet in this episode, but yeah, it's, um, had it just been that maybe I would say that and maybe I was feeling that way but like oh my god after this episode it's like come on Noel this is the <laughs> how can is he's just like trying to thwart Ben at every turn uh with some of the stuff that he's saying here and Ben I don't know I don't know I actually think he did some very good things for Ben and so we'll just have to go through that yeah we'll see um all right so i have a note here and i don't know what it means richard megan finger foods (laughs) (laughs) well that's very interesting because the notes i have are megan says chris is a friend okay and then next to richard i just have horny yeah okay (laughs) (laughs) listeners you put this picture together um gosh so yeah. all of these things probably happened. There were probably finger foods involved somewhere uh, that maybe yeah. we were looking at. And then he was talking about Chris. They were talking about Chris and, and Richard was sounding like he really wanted to meet Chris. Yeah. Um, like any, well, he was sitting there and he was like, I'm here for the girls. And I don't just mean like you lot that are always around. I want new girls. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yes, <laughs> it's not <just> the same <laughs> old core group, right? Yeah. Um, and he's, yeah, he's asking about Chris. He's like, you know, is she, is she cute? All that kind of stuff. And, uh, 
let's just say, Richard, she, you're not her type. Yeah. The, you know, pretty much, I think all of the scenes in the lady's apartment is where we start to see this, the the moving camera is following moving people. So every, mm-hmm. I think every scene we're getting in their apartment is like this. And it's not necessarily that way for scenes outside of that apartment, yeah. but just this, this movement of everybody being in one space. And so we're going to see a little bit more breakdown of this Chris person and Richard and Megan and Sean are hashing it out how, you know, Chris is an old friend. Sean has a slight wrong understanding of the connection. Like you were friends with her <laughs> brother. And she's like, I was friends with her sister. And um, so we can see that Sean has maybe heard just a little bit about this person. Not enough to perk his ears up. Yeah. And let's admit, Sean is pretty tunnel vision mm-hmm. for most of this episode. Yes. Really focused on the documentary. And then he will be really focused on something else. Very true. Um, In the middle of this, who is Chris conversation, Chris is going to show up and she walks into the apartment and um, we do find out that she's engaged almost immediately. Mm -hmm. Because Richard wants to hit on her. Yeah. Richard still kind of likes her anyway, though, to be honest. Seems like he's he's only slightly thwarted. She's she's engaged now. Give me a couple hours, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, really. And we're going to get some intros where Sean just keeps insisting on that he's a filmmaker. Uh, you're here to watch the film. You're going to watch this film, right? Yep. Movie! Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and he fanboys out a little bit about Sundance. Um, yeah. You know, and Felicity is sitting there wanting to know about young Megan. And I'm I'm a little upset we didn't get to hear more. I mean, I know. Like, oh, you knew Megan pre-Goth. How is nobody grilling Chris? Yeah, Noel, Noel asks about that. He's like, oh, you knew Megan pre-Goth. And Chris says, I knew Megan pre a lot of things. <laughs> oh. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah. Uh, that doesn't register for anybody. Um, no. So, Not yet. Yeah. We'll get into it. Um, Felicity is going to pull Noel aside for a moment and ask him to talk to Elena because she is somewhere in the apartment, but she is not coming out because she is depressed. She is depressed about Tracy. Yeah. And Noel lived with her. So she's not lived, you know, she's not listening to Felicity. Maybe Noel can do something about it. And I kind of love what Noel did here. He, he says, yeah, sure. And then Felicity walks on and he just turns around and walks away. Yeah. Completely he, forgetting he, about it. Instantly forgets that that conversation ever happened and that that ask was made of him. Felicity then moves on. The camera keeps following Felicity as she goes to Ben, who is studying. He's got flashcards. Ben's working with a lot of paper in this episode. A lot of paper. (laughs) Um, Got good paperwork. Um, Mm -hmm. So he's studying and she's inviting him to go to like, she says Chavez at the movie theater. Um, She's got a thing that she wants to be able to do, but he's studying. He doesn't feel like he can do that. And he just lets her know that he's too busy and she should go anyway, but she won't, she wants to be there with him. So she sort of recommits to supporting him. And yeah, she's really comforting. She's very helpful. And I think in this episode in particular, they're just drawing this incredibly stark line Mm -hmm. between here is Felicity and what she brings to Ben Mm -hmm. and here is Avery and what she brings to Ben Mm -hmm. 
-hmm. It's not so much about what Ben brings to either one of the girls, but that's not the story they're telling right now. Yeah, um, it's interesting because they are painting a picture that both of the women want to support him. And what that support looks like is wildly different. Yes. So I think, yeah, I think you're right. I think Felicity is, is both emotional and let's be a team and be in this together sort of thing. Well, I think Avery could be like that too. I I really feel like there is a scene coming up mm-hmm. that underlines, I think, the big difference between them. So I'm going to wait until we get there. Okay. Okay. But, well, I mean, Avery's there. She, she is sure is. We're about at to see the her. apartment. I'm like, she's part of the group now. Like, where did that come from? Oh, Noel. Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah, through Noel. So Richard is now talking to Avery because if he can't talk to Chris, <laughs> he might as well talk to his buddy's girl. I mean, um, there's only one other newish woman around. I know. It's not just the same core group that's been all these years. So yeah. he's talking himself up. He's like, I'm a creative, I'm the creative behind this documentary. Um Okay. Okay. Okay, Richard. Uh... (laughs) And Felicity is so cold. I mean, there's like just waves of like ice wind and gusts just like blowing in Avery's direction from her. Yeah. If Felicity walks by as if Avery's not even in the room, Avery's like, hi, Felicity. Was like, oh, hey. Yeah, you. (laughs) (laughs) so awkward um so now we're going to get a bunch of noel shade i guess yeah. then. uh noel's you know felicity's coming out of ben's room noel's like how's ben is he stressed is he being a dick like he likes to say <laughs> like no quiet you like i <laughs> well i mean yeah he says that but what I focused on was as soon as Ben's name is mentioned, Avery perks up. Yeah. And we see that shot where she just like the name Ben is dropped. And all of a sudden she kind of comes alive. Yeah. Um, and Noel may say, you know, is Ben just being a dick? But on the one hand, like the girl he's at least slept with and is now inviting over is clearly interested in Ben and also Ben has Felicity. Mm-hmm. So is, is he maybe slightly justified in being a little off put <laughs> maybe, but um, I don't, I don't know. I didn't think it was that I don't know bad. If he's really registering any of this with Avery to be honest until the end of the episode. I mean, I think he, is he maybe in denial oh, about like, what that relationship between Avery and Ben might be or, or Avery to Ben. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's I, hard to say. I think he feels it, but Maybe. I think that's why he's saying some of this stuff. Yeah. I mean, she has been, she's got to be in the moments when they are together alone. Mm-hmm. She's just asking about Ben all the time. Maybe. So he's got to know something's up. She's like, oh, how's Ben doing? Like, how are his grades? How is, you know? Yeah, it could be. I mean, so maybe we're saying Noel's dick has reason to be in this episode. Um, (laughs) That, you know, I still am not on board with Noel here, but that's that's okay. 
Um, I don't have to be. Who else are you not on board with? Well, I um, there are some story stories that I'm not on board with here in this episode. But I was thinking specifically in the next scene. Were you cool with uh, with that weirdness? Well, so uh, before, like, just finishing up this scene, so Felicity confirms that he's just worried about the test and that that feels like something Avery can have a conversation with Ben about. So we're going to see her get up to go to talk to Ben. We have we don't see the conversation yet, but we know that that's about to happen. And then they do cut to one of the storylines that I just... Strike this from the record, folks. Please, please strike <laughs> this from the record. I can't. Um, it's such a weird vibe. It's such a weird so vibe. weird. There is no part of this that isn't weird, including the like sort of full Hausian like music hug resolution at the end. <laughs> it's like, why did we need any of this? Um, and it's such a small scene to create so much weirdness. <sighs> so we're going to see Noel finally catch up with Elena because Felicity had to remind the guy again to do mm-hmm. so. And so now they're having this conversation. Noel's gone to Elena and Elena's confused about Tracy. She's like, is it me? What is it about me? No. Maybe it's the fact you cheated on him and I don't care if, about his religion. I think if Elena and... really thought about it, she might come <laughs> upon a couple of these major factors, but yeah. um, she's feeling sorry for herself and she's yeah. in de- she's depressed and Noel just is like maybe it's your boobs and you know what Noel <sighs> he meant it as a joke and it's not a joke man no yeah not I now, just not wrote, in the oh, 2001 no. like come on man no and the and this this is the storyline that I had a real problem with because Elena's like oh yeah of and she like really internalizes this he has to fixate on something right like maybe this will explain maybe it's not the whole religion thing and the whole you know we were having problems like no it's got it because at the end of the day she feels like she already poked a hole in that theory she thinks that tracy's having sex with rose or you know that's the conclusion she's come to so she's like that wasn't the issue. So what was it about me that he couldn't love? And Noel offering up this idea is a thing she can latch on to. She's like, you might so. be right about that. You, But it, it just, to me, was so stupid. Yes. I just found this whole plot line to be so stupid and not Elena. I can't believe that this was Josh Rhymes that was at the helm for this. Um, and I'm just like kind of going back to you know what like i feel like josh rums has done better in the past um (laughs) maybe he wasn't responsible for this particular plot maybe he was focused on something else he did he wrote the pool break-in episode he wrote the like rhinebeck going to the rhinebeck bnb episode Mm -hmm. um with greg um both good yeah i mean this is just not this is not this is not the quality quality. yeah like that we've seen from him in the past um and granted like a whole writer's room was breaking these stories and he was just writing like the the words of the episode or in charge of it but i don't know i don't know i have a a bunch of problems with this episode um and this is one of them yeah so all we know now is that elena is going to be fixated on her chest for the entire episode so stupid and they're gonna take it really seriously yeah is the problem 
Um, so, all right. Sean is prepping the film for viewing. Because <laughs> again, that's the only thing he can think about in this episode up, up until this point. And then uh, Noel's going to try to go get Avery. Because it's time to get some people together. <laughs> so they can watch this film. <laughs> and they're all milling about. Um, but first, Ben's going to approach Avery. Um, or Avery Ben. I can't remember which way it happened. But uh, he does want Avery to call the guy. He's been trying to study. He doesn't feel like he's making a dent. Those flashcards aren't doing enough. He's not feeling good about it. So he's going to say, yeah. I'll talk to the guy. Uh, let me, let me give me the number. Let's, let's make the call. Let's do it. And here's, here's where it occurred to me. The sort of, I guess, differences, some of the differences that are underlined between Avery and, and Felicity, you know, Avery's not going to judge him for calling this guy and cheating. Mm-hmm. Like she's, Like that is something that Felicity will judge him for. Some may call it holding him accountable. Um, But, you know, it's, she's gonna let him take the easy way out. So she doesn't judge him, but she also doesn't believe in him. I mean, the reason that Felicity is so hard on him in some ways is because she believes in him. She thinks he can do it. And we see this play out, you know, throughout the episode, but it was right here where I wrote it down. I was like, you know, this is the difference. Um, She, Avery, again, to her credit, while not being judgmental, does kind of bring out some of the worst qualities in Ben, whereas Felicity is always pushing him to be his best self. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so I think if there's a lot of like hate out there for Avery, I think part of it is, you know, just her trying to create this wedge between Ben and Felicity, but also she's not good for him. Mm-hmm. Like the kind of relationship she wants to have with him is just not it's just not great. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so now we're going to head to a Chris and Megan scene. First of all, yeah. lightning crashes. Storm. Okay. Uh, <laughs> storm. Major storm. Hear the rain. We see the rain. And before anybody says anything, they're just sitting there. And I wrote down, she is so in love with Megan. Yeah, they're and sitting then in they the start hallway. To talk. They've moved themselves out of the apartment, out of earshot of everybody else. And one thing that I liked about the the direction for this episode, well, and probably the writing for this episode, is that um, the in the all of the scenes in the apartment, in in the women's apartment, the camera is moving and following the people, but every time they have a Chris and Megan scene, they stay still and they have the longest scene, right? Like, so you're, you're constantly moving between all these other people. And then when we get Chris and Megan, we just get to breathe into these scenes. And I think that was a choice. And I think it, it, it had this real impact of like, this is the focus of the party. 
Um, yeah, and I don't think it's just Chris and Megan. I think it's also, you know, when we see Ben and Avery and Felicity in his apartment away from the party, um, you know, there's the, I don't know, the the scenes where it's just like two people, even the like Richard well, Elena. Scenes. But we have a lot of a lot of stuff like that. I think that there is this real intentional like we're going to stop the motion to focus mm -hmm. in on this conversation which makes the conversations that they do that with really feel like they have more weight mm -hmm. yeah um i'm going to tell you up front why i don't like this story okay it's because i like this story and it will <laughs> never get mentioned again yeah, you said that last time, and it was in my head as I was watching this whole thing. And I do agree with you. I think they should have expanded this. But I think my my biggest problem with it is it this conversation is very dated. Mm -hmm. And I almost worry if they had expanded it more, they wouldn't have even the words to talk about it. I mean, they well, I mean, we're going to see from Sean's reaction later yeah. that they just didn't know what to do about this and, and weren't handling it in a very delicate way, even for that time. But I think that like it, the thing that bothers me is like Mandy Foreman is a strong actress and very capable. And they, this is the biggest story they ever give her. Hmm. The most, the meatiest story they ever give her. Like, you know, in the future, they're going to have her change her look, you know, like, okay, uh, this is something that she really could have sunk her teeth into. They mm -hmm. made it one episode. And for me, because I know that this lands a little bit like the Javier stuff in a good egg, because it's mm -hmm. like, oh, this could have been really interesting. But they like put up all the stories they wanted to do on a whiteboard and they just smashed a bunch into one episode. And this doesn't feel, this doesn't feel like one episode to me. This, this doesn't could feel like. Been, yeah, this could have been a whole couple of seasons. This does. And, and it partly doesn't feel that way because I don't think Sean's reaction is a one episode reaction. Like, I don't think he just, just decides whatever. And like next week yeah. they fight about peanut butter, you know, like I, I just give Mandy Foreman more. Um, uh, this is it. The problem <laughs> with this is I think if this show were done today, mm -hmm. this could be done extremely effectively. Mm -hmm. I don't think that they, I don't think the TV, maybe the writers or the audience at the time had the type of understanding and acceptance that we do today about different types of sexuality. I mean, the word bisexual isn't even brought up. Yeah. You know, um, well, and they may, may neither, yeah, like I, I, either of them may not be, but the fact that the word isn't even brought up yeah i think is you know and yet speaks there are shows. to the fact that they don't have a spectrum yeah for them to then pull on uh different threads and examine this through different lenses yeah i mean i think there are shows even now that like 
I think about the hundred, right? They don't label people's sexuality. They just see us experience it and think that's enough for you. And I think they do a pretty good job of showing us a lot of different lifestyles and, and making them feel pretty fluid. And they didn't, they never had to put a label on anything, but this doesn't feel like that. This doesn't feel like. um, It's because fluid wasn't really a thing mm -hmm. in TV then. Yeah. You know, it, it wasn't a thing that people discussed in the mainstream. It just, again, I don't think they had the words. Maybe maybe they had the words for themselves as the writers yeah. or as people with that lived experience. But I don't think the audience would have, you know, understood slash accepted you know, if they really had a huge story arc around this. Yeah. Nowadays, we find it all over the place. And it's, it's almost just, oh, great, you're by whatever, like, you know, it's people still talk about, you know, it's very hard for people to understand bisexual and like, you know, my parents are saying, oh, like you're bisexual. Great. You can choose to be with someone of the opposite sex. And it's like, that's not, you know, that's not really what I was talking about. And you've got act, you know, actors and actresses that come out and um, I'm trying to remember her name now. She's really famous. Uh, the woman who stars in True Blood. Um, uh, I didn't watch that show. I want to say the, uh, it was like it Evan Rachel Wood in it or no. Um, no, it starts with an A and she's blonde, Anna something. Anyway, she um, she's married to a guy and she came out as bisexual. And Larry King at the time, I think she was talking to Larry King, said something like, you know, you were bisexual. And she had to correct him and say, well, no, just because I'm, this is my current monogamous marital status. Like you're married, you're still straight, right? Mm -hmm. Like it doesn't change anything. I don't think, you know, that discussion was happening around this time. People wouldn't have had, you know, it could have been a way to, it could have been another PSA, I guess. Um, but to have this be like a multi-season arc, which is what I would have liked to have seen. They just didn't have the capacity to do that or they didn't think the audience had the capacity to absorb it. Yeah. I, yeah, I mean, look, I I like that they were trying to do this. I don't, I think that it's a hard watch now. Um, yeah. some, of the, some of the ways they talk about it, but what really bothers me about this is knowing, like, I can't watch this now without knowing that this is going nowhere and they're going to literally drop. They're going to put on a shelf everything we learn about Megan here as if it never happened. So well, they do the same thing also with basically like her clubbing and like the fetish ball. And, you know, it's like, okay, that was an episode um it's so disappointing you know because i feel like everything when they give her things to do when they give Mandy Foreman things to do she kills it you know and it's like in this relationship with sean now that they're sort of giving more focus to those characters most of the focus they're giving are to storylines that are his storylines and she's supporting him we see, you know, his battle with cancer was at least two episodes, right? Um, the 
he's we're go, we're going to see that has sparked a conversation about his exploring his Jewish religion and that story will continue and she again will be supportive so at what point does Mandy Foreman get like a really good story of her own to sink her teeth into and then they give her this and then they're like but did we hmm <laughs> like if you missed this episode if you didn't happen to catch it it wouldn't mm-hmm. matter you know, like there would be no previously on Felicity where they felt the need to mention it again because there's not going to be anything else done with this. So it's just like, ah, just let her let her spread her wings and fly. Um, <laughs> can we? I don't know. It's just, it feels mm-hmm. like there should be parity between Megan and Sean's stories on the show. And yet that is not the world that we currently live in. But let me tell you, when we, when we go back in time and have all of this, you know, all the discussions, when we stake out the house that we're not going to mention, right. we're going to stake out and pretend that uh, the time has, has gone, we've gone back in time and we're going to redo everything. Yes. Then, yeah, we will fix this too. Okay. Everything will be fixed. Feels good. That feels thanks for that, Bish. That feels good. Yeah. So we have something we could do about this. Um <laughs> so what is what is the scene that just fired us up onto this tangent so much? Uh yeah. so Megan and Chris are in the hallway. And yeah, it does look like Chris is really attached to her and she's like, I like the golf look. Do you ever hey? Remember that summer, the summer I can't yeah. stop thinking about? Um, do you remember that? <laughs> yeah. You yeah, ever think about, about that summer? Uh, you know, the one where we and Megan's just like, I'm really happy for you now. Yeah. <laughs> and you can see Megan is so not her normal snippy, like hard edges self. She's yeah. very soft in her conversations with Chris. And she's like, do I think about it sometimes? Um Chris yeah. makes it Chris is really really honing in on us she's like you know there was nobody that i felt closer to for that time and megan's yeah and then Megan's like but hey you and gary that's great right (laughs) your fiance how awesome is that (laughs) Uh and chris is just gonna ignore that and she's basically gonna say like we had great sex and then never talked about it i mean i'm reading through the the text here but that seems to be what she's saying yeah that does seem to be what she's saying and she's like how great was it right am i idealizing it isn't wasn't it awesome she's like and it's like well you know it was it was one night it was four years ago Four years ago i know she (laughs) underlines it and she that's not the first time she's going to say that exact line in this episode so that's going to be the drum that she's beating i mean they are having two very different conversations with each other yeah it's like chris is not reading the room yeah megan is definitely trying to gently put the brakes on with this yes and chris is like oh i've just got to go a little further and she goes as far as to say hey i'm still in love with you yeah i was in love with you then and i still am now bam blackout 
the storm knocks out the power lightning crashes and then the whole all the power goes out um <laughs> yeah i mean the power of her love turned off the city grid that's it <laughs> um oh my god okay so okay we're going back to inside the apartment now because everybody's just milling about Nobody was prepared for this. Everybody's like, ah, what are you gonna Lucity do? Lucity was. <laughs> are you kidding? She's standing there with a candle already lit. Yeah. And a second candle to light from the candle she's already lit. Felicity's like, I'm ready. I've got this. Yeah. Um Sean is yeah. still show must go on. Yeah, show... I'm going to show this film. <laughs> I have eight hours of batteries. Y'all are gonna watch this. Watching it on a laptop. <laughs> that is what's gonna happen here. So and then so many candles. And here's the thing. I just love candles. I do. I get it. They're a huge fire hazard. I love them. And so, you know, the whole rest of the show with all the candles, I just love it. I okay. love it. I like that. I like that. Um, must have been interesting from a camera. Like I wonder if that's harder to work with. Oh, I would assume lighting the lighting. Yeah. yeah um they probably had a lot to work with here especially if all the shadows and especially if the the shots keep moving so much because it's not like you just if you're using handheld cameras and tracking people across scenes and trying to light them with candle light like in this it's just a lot yeah because Um, as soon as you move all the candles flicker yeah and that's (laughs) obviously not how i'm sure that the candlelight was not how they were lighting these scenes from a camera side um they were probably using something else but then you have to you know all I'm saying is I don't know how they did it. They did it, but I'm impressed. Um, <laughs> they did it. And you know who's not impressed? Noel. Noel is like, candles, pa. He's going to talk to Avery and say, let's go outside and and see the stars. Mm-hmm. They're beautiful. Uh, but then the problem with that is yeah. that Ben wouldn't be there. So Avery's right. like, I no, I want to stay. <laughs> yeah, she's like, that's so sweet. She's already on the phone with someone else. But I'm, I'm going to be right here. I mean, she's so dismissive. And it's yeah. it's like that person that you're with at a party and you're trying to have a conversation with them and their eyes are scanning the room for, for like the other else. people. Yeah, like and who is like, better to talk to than you? Right. Um, yeah. Just like, I don't like that, Avery. And Richard kind of trolls him because Richard picks up on it and he's like, yeah. oh yeah, you got her wrapped around her finger. Huh? <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Um, I did enjoy Richard throughout this uh, episode. He he brought just the right amount of Richardness. In in most of the scenes anyway. Uh, but before we actually had that moment, uh, Megan actually re-enters the apartment from inside the hallway and she's mm-hmm. looking stunned. So we don't know yeah. what she responded to Chris. She probably just had a flight reflex and left and walked back into the apartment. Probably. And so Felicity clocks that Megan's walking in. She's like, are you okay? Megan's like, nope. And then after that, Chris walks in. And we know that Felicity knows something. She probably knows exactly what's happening here. And she's just sort of seeing it all unfold. Um, It feels really like Felicity has a lot of information here. And we, the audience, can sort of get on board with how she's handling this. Yeah, I mean, we do know... I mean, tell me if I'm wrong about this, but didn't Megan tell Felicity that she had dated a girl, a woman? Well, we're going to find out later. But Let's I mean, actually like put it in here. earlier episodes, I feel like at some point Megan had said that she had a relationship with a woman at 
some point. I don't remember us seeing that, but we know that they had a conversation about Chris specifically while yeah. Megan was drunk. Felicity says that later in this episode. Yeah. Um, I thought I had remembered her actually saying it, but I might have just created that in my mind as I yeah, do. Yeah, I don't remember that, but who knows? Who knows? Um, so we're going to see Ben and Felicity have a conversation and Ben is feeling better about the test so he can sort of be with amongst the living people a little bit more um, in this episode. And and she's supportive during a blackout. It's hard. Yeah. Yeah. Can't your, use candles as another source of light to study. Your flashcards could burn, could burn you know, like, who knows? Um, it's a fire hazard to study. So, mm-hmm. yeah. So she's, she's happy for him that he can that he's feeling better about the test and that oh great now sean's ready to show the film <laughs> except he has to gather the people including megan and chris because chris is the person who needs to see this whole thing i mean mm-hmm. she's the important one yeah so you can see that chris now tracked megan into another room <laughs> and she's like respond i know and megan is like <laughs> avoid avoid <laughs> <laughs> And Chris is like, hey, remember that question I asked you like a half second ago when yeah. you left? Um, Megan's like, stop it, don't do this. <laughs> <laughs> um, that is my summary of this scene, but it yeah. is basically their vibes. I mean, Chris is pushing it. She's like, you know, if I hadn't left, would that have made a difference? And Megan's just like, no, I, I don't know. Like, I, and Chris just looks at her and says, are you happy with Sean? I mean, she's just, she is pretty aggressively pushing this. this is- and Megan is so uncomfortable. She's like, covers her face and is like, don't do this to me. Chris, no means no, okay? Um- right. Fortunately, Sean comes in to rescue Megan from this situation, not knowing that he's rescuing her from a situation. He's like, let's watch the film. Yeah, uh, really, he comes to get Chris to watch the yeah, documentary. Which is just <laughs> and as in good the as process. anything else. Yeah, it's <laughs> like, thank goodness for this. Yeah. Um, all right, so we're going to go to the kitchen now mm, for another awesome scene. Yeah. Uh, Noel's fixing a snack. Elena comes in with a fully just stuffed bra. And she's trying to show off her fake chest as much as she possibly can. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Under Elena here, I just wrote boobs. Yeah. And uh, and Noel is making an everything sandwich where you take everything from the fridge and you put it in a sandwich. Mm-hmm. Um, they will thank him for that later. This is something that I do and I suggest that other people do. I make uh, what I call a garbage salad or garbage soup. Just mm-hmm. the same same thing. Just take all the stuff from your fridge that's about to go bad and just put it in a soup okay. or a salad. Okay. It's fantastic. I hear you. On to something here. All right, and you know there there you have it. So that's uh, culinary tips from Noel in a blackout. Um, so Elena is trying to get him to notice her enhancement. Noel is very disturbed when he finds out she's just done this. He's like, unenhance yourself. Stop it. Um, yeah. But he's but, he is staring directly at her chest. Like he can't stop. Yeah. And she's now on a mission to prove that he was right mm-hmm. about his theory, 
even though he says he was joking. And Richard's going to come in and he's going to be very taken by Elena without knowing why. And he's like, what is it about you right now? <laughs> yeah. Did you did you change your hair? Mm-hmm. Perhaps go up two cup sizes? Yeah, he's thinking she looks good, but he can't really put his finger on why. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, he's basically just proving the point the show is trying to make. Thanks, show. Um, <laughs> we love it. I mean, in all fairness, they're not wrong. Um, they're know. not wrong. I mean, there's a reason I'm not a that guy, Victoria's right? Secret so... has made so much money off the Wonder Bra. Yeah, there's a I mean, reason sure. there are also water bras and chicken cutlets and all kinds of weird boob enhancing things and boob surgery, like. There, there's a lot of money made yeah. in the chesticle area. Yeah, that's fair. So I'm just saying, hey, look, if fair. you want to know what's true, follow the money. Okay, there you have it. Mm-hmm. So now we're actually going to start watching this documentary. Yeah. And some people have collected to do so. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sean is talking over it. The whole time to Chris, walking mm-hmm. her through every little decision here. I, I really enjoy the part where he's trying to describe the soundtrack he envisions to this. And he's like, imagine Marvin Gaye meets The Who. And Richard just goes, <laughs> is that even possible? And I sat there trying to think about what that would sound like. And I actually struggled to come up with it. I'm not even going to try it while it's we're like recording. Crazy drums and rock. And then like let's get it up like i i just <laughs> i feel like it could happen but you know um yeah i would i would love to hear <laughs> marvin gay's take on boris the spider <laughs> if anybody if how do we how can we get a Marvin, like how a Marvin Gaye impersonator or somebody <laughs> to do this? I can't imagine that um, somewhere out there, you know, we couldn't find some, I don't know, mashup or, I mean, of course, the first one I go to is like Pinball Wizard right, right, right. Uh, or like Bob O'Reilly. And I'm just like, I'm thinking, like, I, I feel like this, this could work. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I understand that Boris the Spider is probably not the first song that people think of when they think about yeah, the who, But I want specifically that to one. hear that song. Okay. All right. Um, listeners, challenge. Uh, like challenge put out there and for those who don't know that song just listen to it as is and then <laughs> marvel at the weirdness of it and then tell me how you envision marvin gay approaching that song um yeah yeah um his own spin on it i like it i also like that in the documentary we start with leon yeah it's like really that's what you're going to show her first. Yeah. Uh, I mean, he's been gathering quite a lot of footage and this was, there was a thought that this was going to be a series, not a film. So I, I don't know exactly what he's showing her. I mean, 
he has eight hours of battery. (laughs) And I imagine he's got more than eight hours of footage here. So I don't know. But as they're watching this, we're going to see Felicity catching Avery checking out Ben. I love this shot. Avery is just staring at him and Felicity like kind of turns her head and notices and Avery just curls up with Noel. Yeah. And it is so perfect and sneaky. And like Felicity has had her number from like second one. Yeah. Post getting shot. And nobody um, else notices this is happening, and Ben certainly no, doesn't see it. And Noel thinks, so, oh, Avery's curling up into me. This yeah. is awesome, right? And like Felicity is just like, this is so shady. Yeah. Um, and it's all the men I care about. Uh, yes. I mean, it's, it is. It's both of them. Yeah. I mean, Avery's just playing with both of her boys. And let me tell you, that's not her job. That's yeah. Felicity's job is Felicity's to mess with these job. two, All right. two boys' heads. Yes. Um, <laughs> that's exactly it. <laughs> so now um, Sean is still talking to Chris, and he's going to say something that is going to fuel Chris's fire, unfortunately, which is, yeah, Megan hasn't stopped talking about you. Oh, boy. She's just a huge fan. Oh, so Megan's like, oh, no. <laughs> I'm going to go pee. Please the room. Run away. Run away. Yeah. And the look that Chris gives in that moment, they give like a close up of her face. It's just like, uh, I mean, she's, she's definitely feeling Megan. Yeah. Felicity is going to go after Megan to have a conversation and Felicity's just going to come out with it. She's like, so I'm guessing you didn't tell Sean about this. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> Megan's like, was I, so I told you about this, huh? Was I really drunk? It's like, yeah, you, you were really <laughs> yeah, drunk. Yeah, absolutely. Completely. Um, and the question becomes, you know, Felicity's saying, is there anything left there with Chris for you? And Megan's like, Hmm. I really do have to go pee. Yeah. So she flees another room. Run away again. Yeah. Megan just runs away for most of this episode. Yeah. Um, Which is a strange thing did. to see Megan doing. You know? It is. She does not want to think about this because, you know, this is clearly something that meant something to her in the past, but she is in love with Sean. And she's normally a person who will address things head on. So this obviously is tapping into something else for her. Yeah. And here's another little thing I just wrote down about difference between Felicity and Avery as I continue to track them. You know, Avery went in to like check on Ben and -hmm. Felicity also went in to check on Ben. The difference is Felicity goes to check in on everyone or Mm -hmm. at least tells Noel to go check in on them. Like she cares about all the people. Avery's just using everybody to get to what she wants yeah yeah and it's rough and they painted a really clear picture of her there's going to be a yeah um i'm very intrigued by her character i'm going to get more intrigued when we get to the loft with her um yeah i mean i find it on the one hand interesting and a bit gratifying to be able to see so clearly through her at this Mm -hmm. point in my life Mm 
yeah. and to like pick out the different manipulation tactics and be like, aha, don't try that. But it's equally as frustrating to watch Ben kind of falling for it. And the reality is that most people do, yeah. you know, like I, mean, I think, especially at that age. Yeah. I think that a lot of us, the older you get, the easier it is to spot these things probably because you have a reason you spot them now, you know, like yeah. they're, it's like, Oh yeah, uh-huh. that happened to me. <laughs> yeah. It's um, like Avery will be the reason Ben can spot this in the future. And I, and I think what's really interesting about Avery I'll have more to say about her again when we get to the loft, but I, we just came off of James Mm. and with James, they were like, he's a bad guy. He's so bad. We can't even give you one reason why he's good. He's just, we're going to pile on with this guy. And Avery is a lot more complex and is definitely doing some sinister things and being very manipulative, but she's not just one thing. And it's kind of cool to watch her operate um, in the context of a show to be like, oh, here's what she's doing. And yeah, she's definitely more complex, but I I do want to hear what you think about her redeeming qualities. Cause I haven't yet seen those. Well, I, I don't know if I would say anything like I don't I don't know if redeeming is the word, but well, let's put a pin in that for when we get to a thing about her that I was very fascinated by. Um, uh, So for now, Felicity's flashlight dies Mm -hmm. and she's using a candle to get a new one. She's digging into a closet and we've got the door open of the closet. So she is hidden from view when we see Ben and Avery coming up on the other side of the door. Yeah, I like this shot. It was basically a split screen shot with yeah. the door in the middle. It was really nice. And it was really symmetrical. And I thought that they really lined that up well. Um, yeah. And just, you know, so many bonus points to Barnett Kelman for all the different camera shots with this one. But the um, the thing that Felicity is going to overhear is with this is that Ben's going to say, yep, I'm going to buy that test. And he's talking to Avery. He's saying, you know, go call your guy. I want to cheat on this test. Well, that's not all that is said. Also, Avery says, I already paid for it. Hmm. We remember the conversation Felicity and Ben had about her paying for stuff. Hmm. And she's like, yeah, I already paid for it. And Ben takes the phone. She's like, you know, he's expecting your call. He takes the phone and he's like, all right, well, let me take this outside. So he's clearly hiding it. Mm-hmm. So it's, it. I think it's all these things. It's the fact that he's cheating. It's the fact that she paid for it. It's the fact that he's talking to Avery about it. And the fact it's hiding it from Felicity. Yeah. Yeah. It would, it might play a little differently if he had told Felicity about this and was like keeping her informed, but I think that comes with its own set of baggage as well. So, um, yeah. But hiding it from her is a major factor for her in this. Yeah. So um, now Felicity is just, I don't know, this is almost red alert status for her at this point. And during the documentary, she's going to grab Nola away from it. And she's going to say, she's going to drop a lot of information. She's like, Ben is cheating with Avery. Well, on a test. Um, He doesn't say it that quickly. Like mm -hmm. she gives Nola a second to, to react and yeah. it's very interesting how much she is leaning on Noel yeah. during this whole episode 
Yeah. He is really her confidant. He is, you know, very supportive. He's listening to her, except when she said, go talk to Elena, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, and he's, I think he does a number of, a number of selfless things that's, that I find interesting. Yeah. Um, well, uh, he can see that Felicity is fully frustrated here, but also, you know, if Noel stops and thinks about this for a moment, he's getting some pretty sketchy information about Avery himself. Um, mm-hmm. So I guess, you know, Felicity is looking for an ally in this and uh, you know, she can't believe that Noel's dating Avery and Noel's like, no dating. No, I no, we're me, not dating. We're not, no, you know, I just, we just, it's no, it's not that she's like, but you hang out, you've had sex. That's called dating. <laughs> Whoa, what, what is she? He's like, uh, okay. So he goes to talk to Avery and says your favorite phrase. Can, can I talk to you for a second? Yeah. Uh he yes, who we got that one from. <laughs> that one's been used against him on many occasions and now he gets to use it. Uh exactly. <laughs> um it's a little less ominous with him though, because I think we know that Avery's not gonna care. <laughs> right. And, and that's disturbing for him. So he's he delivers a breakup. He's like, you know what? Not gonna work between us. And she's like, oh, okay. I understand. Cool beans. She is so nonplussed. Like if you look up nonplussed in a dictionary, <laughs> that's this Avery's scene. face. Yeah. In this scene. She's like, right, fine, 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 fine. Okay. Yeah, cool. And All he's right. like, wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> what is happening? <laughs> Noel is just so confused about this. He's like, th- he actually says were you just using me to get close to Ben? Yeah. The whole audience goes, duh. And the thing is like, Felicity didn't explicitly say that to him. Right. So this has been on his mind. Yeah. Like this was, this was right at the front of his tongue. Like he was ready to say it. It was right. Mm -hmm. It was, it was accessible. It was a very accessible thought. And because she keeps looking at Avery. I mean, because Avery keeps looking at Ben and keeps pumping him for information about him. I mean, yeah. So it just took this little thing from Felicity to say to him where he felt, I don't know, courageous enough to bring this up to to Avery. And he asks her this direct question and she's like, what? That's a horrible (laughs) thing to say. And she doesn't answer it. Of course not. And she doesn't even really look that outraged about the question. And they just sort of leave us there with them. I mean, but in all fairness, Noel is not really into Avery. Noel is into Felicity. So let's not feel like this was going to be like the end-all, be-all love relationship for Noel. Yeah, it wasn't. It wasn't. I love how we open this next shot where we've got a group that's watching the documentary. Okay, Let let me describe this group in my notes. Felicity looks frustrated. So there's three people in the back, three people in the front watching this. The three people in the back are Felicity, who looks frustrated, Ben, who is smiling, and Elena, who is bored. (laughs) And then the three people in the front are Richard and Sean smothering Chris. Yeah. 
And, and Richard is just gonna alert Elena to the shot of Tracy as Mr. October, which made me wonder, so was he Mr. October? Did he go ahead with that? I guess he did. I guess he did. They're really zipping through this documentary. Yeah. Uh, my goodness. So Elena is going to see Mr. October on the screen and she's just going to leave. Yep. She's like, I was bored before, but now I'm just done. Yeah. <laughs> I'm out. And then Chris is going to be like, um, I'm also going to leave yeah. <laughs> and go look for Megan. Well, a point is made that Megan is the one who was choosing the guys. Yes. And then she we, we had another Megan. of that moment where she just like full on crotch shot of this dude. Mm-hmm. And uh, and then he's like, hey, the rest of my body's here, too. And it's pretty awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So Chris is like, I need to have another conversation with Megan because I haven't had enough of those yet. Mm-mm. I need no, more. She has not been clear about yeah. the fact that she is super uncomfortable and does not want me to continue asking her if she loves me. Well, I'll tell you one thing about Chris. She's not going to leave this. She's not going <laughs> to leave this visit wondering if I had only said that one thing. <laughs> right. <laughs> that is the good thing about Chris. The bad she thing is that. not have any doubts. Yeah. No means no, Chris. Okay. No means no. Um. Yeah. But now everyone's to leave too. (laughs) Everybody (laughs) is just fleeing. Mm -hmm. Fleeing the scene. And Sean's like, can anybody sit through this? (laughs) Can anybody, just one person, just sit all the way through my my eight hour or more documentary? (laughs) Um, He's wondering where Megan is. At this moment, I think he's feeling like Megan should be supporting him. Well, she's got her own stuff going on. She's... uh, She's smoking in the bathroom and laughing it up with Chris. Yeah. You know, I mean, that's not a, like a hard no on her part. Mm -mm. Um, It's a mixed signal for sure. Chris leans in to try to kiss Megan and they are interrupted. Megan does not pull away. She doesn't. They're interrupted by Sean coming into the bathroom and being like, what? What? Yes. Yeah. He's <laughs> alarmed. He's like, what's happening? And then Chris just leaves and it's like, well, okay. Uh, so again, people leaving, people coming in. It's just a mess. Um, yeah. And Felicity is going to address, she's not going to let time simmer here with this thing she just overheard with Ben and Avery. So she goes to Ben and she says, you know, I heard you and Avery talking about the test. Yeah. Like, why didn't you tell me? Well, Ben's like, it's not a big deal. You know, frats do this all the time. It's, you know, it's just not a big deal. And that's why Felicity's like, yeah, well, if it's not a big deal, then why didn't you tell me? But you went ahead and confided in Avery? Yeah, Ben's saying, you know, he's, he's he was embarrassed to tell her. She's like, but you don't have to cheat. And then he gets fully defensive. Yes, that's the word I used to. Um, and he, he's, is this where she, he tells her about the academic probation or just, I'm not uh, as smart as you. No, no he says he that He just later. says here, maybe I'm just stupid yeah. and storms off. And like, I'm not as smart as you. And it's just so, it feels so like a, re- it, it feels like the reaction he had to Felicity rewriting his paper. 
Yeah, this has come up. I mean, her mom was just here. He's already like sensitive. This is like a raw nerve. Yeah. And Avery is a bit of like salve to put on this nerve because Mm -hmm. she also cheats. Yeah. She also, you know, maybe isn't the best academically. She's providing him with the easy way out. And Felicity won't do that. Mm-hmm. And so he's he is just going to continue to get more and more upset as she kind of pushes on and rubs this raw nerve that he has open. Yeah. And Felicity hasn't actually done anything in this moment that would make him that would justify his going to this point. Um, but it's an internal issue that yeah. he's got. And I mean, and this here is, it is again. What- Yeah. I mean, we've seen what insecurity looks like with Noel. Mm -hmm. This is what insecurity looks like with Ben. And this is why like a confident man or woman who is like secure in themselves for me is sort of the number one, right? Mm -hmm. Because insecurity creates this, this basically. Yeah. Uh. Oh, so sad. And so then he storms out and finds Avery and waiting so outside creepy. the building for him. Yeah, she's just standing there waiting for Ben. I'm like, woman, what are you doing? Yeah, it's it's disturbing, to say the least. Um, I mean, and now we're not, going... It's not holding his blood in a bag disturbing, but it is disturbing nonetheless. I mean, how many women have waited outside the building for this man? Um, a lot. This reminded me of Maggie waiting for him. This is reminding me of Felicity waiting well to break up for him with him. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, it's, this is. Look, at some point, the man will leave the building. Eventually. You just have to wait. Yeah. Yeah. Um, We are now going ahead to another frustrating scene. So. Very. It's a Sean Megan blow up where Sean is at a 12 out of 10 yes, in the red hot category. And he is just angry with her that she kept this a secret. When were you going to tell me you're gay? Yeah. I Who mean, are you? The thing is, I feel like this scene starts out right. Okay. He's upset, which I actually think is good right? It's not like, oh, it's just a woman. Like, it, he's like, no, this was a romantic night, mm-hmm. you know? And he is, he's like, he does not care about the documentary in this moment. Like, yeah. once he realizes something is going on with his relationship, he is full on 100% focused on that. And while yeah. Megan tries to be dismissive and calls him ridiculous, you know, he's he's mad that there's a secret. He's mad there's an almost kiss. You know, he's mad. He's like, you know, if I had a relationship with someone who had a penis, like, wouldn't you have wanted to know? And and Megan's going to say, well, eh, not really. But I don't think that's true. Like, yeah. if it was a romantic relationship that was, like, coming back to the surface. Mm-hmm. And then the scene falls completely apart. I mean, and Megan keeps kind of, she's she's using the party line of, it was one night four years ago. Um, I mean, I think Sean's sensing that it's not just that. I mean, Megan wasn't pulling away from the kiss that he almost saw. Um, 
so I think. But this line of like, when were you going to tell me you're gay? That's that's what I'm pointing at in terms of the the writers slash audience didn't have the spectrum, didn't have the ability to talk about this in a I don't I don't want to say just non-offensive way, but in, in a a realistic way. Yeah. Yeah. And, and from that moment, he just keeps going off the rails with things that are just, just feel not how you would handle it now. But, um, well, you know, it's just like, it is. you, you know, like you, you had a relationship with a woman that would have been a really good thing for me to know as your boyfriend. You know, it's just like, some of that makes sense to me, but I do think he's at just such a level of, he's at such a level of panic and such a level of labeling her. Um, yeah and and never actually got from her her point of view on what she thinks the situation is um and we never get that yeah he's i feel like he's the kind of guy who just needs to get the dig in you know so he's like who are you you know you lied you almost cheated like fair but then you may not be straight you know he's got to get the dig in yeah and of course, Megan's going to be like, well, don't worry about it. You don't have a girlfriend anymore. And he's got to turn around again and said, well, I may not, but do you? you yeah. know, he's got to get that last thing in. And it just, it just, it's ignorant, you know, it's ignorance and it's. Um, and it's shouted. So it's like, oh, that sounds really loud. And it, yeah, it's, it's a lot. Um and Megan's going to leave the room at this point, And it's basically another breakup. Um, yeah. And so you have that going on. And then we head from there to another gross scene. Um, <laughs> it's true. And She's lining them up for us. That's it. Just like one after another here. So Richard is going to find Elena in her room. She's somehow looking up breast enlargement i can't remember how they said she was doing that in a power outage but um yeah i don't know i mean he walks in and she's got her computer up i mean but at the same time noel had his computer up but it wasn't attached to the internet so i don't i don't know if she had an ethernet if you have an ethernet cord is i maybe that gives you internet during a power outage if you have batteries I phone don't know still if works. modems are battery powered, to be honest. But uh, well, I mean... she could have had the phone because the phone worked, right? Okay. We knew that. So she could have plugged in the phone cord, I guess. But she is fixated to the point where she is going to find internet in a blackout to look yeah. up the cost of new boobs. And she's looking up different types and Richard's enamored of it. She, he's like, I, you know, I'm adding this to, to my favorite places on my internet searches. And Elena's like, you're disgusting. Uh, you know, and then Richard's whole way of consoling her here is half sweet and half horrific, uh, where he's like, you don't need these. I mean, you like these aren't real like you you look nice you like you look healthier <laughs> like, He's like, do you do you really want you know to buy something that perverts like me can just find online oh actually download? that's a i'm rolling in an ep- a scene from later oh, okay and this yeah, part cause... he's just saying 
uh, he, the, he's remarking on her enhanced looking breasts because she's, I guess, still stuffed or was stuffed. And he's like, but you were looking nice and you're looking healthier earlier. She's like, I had tissues. Yeah. And he's, my and she's just like, thank you for confirming that all men are superficial pigs. Yeah. Okay. So we're going to head into another really, I liked this camera angle, this shot, actually. Um, we're going back to the documentary, but this time we have a straight on shot to the laptop. One person. Behind it who can't see what we're watching. So the only people currently watching this documentary is us, the audience. Yeah. And um, so Noel's going to come in and he's like, ah, what a crazy night this is. Well, Felicity is, is the one there. She's the yeah. only, she's the single person watching the documentary. Yeah. And then Noel comes in and says that and Felicity kind of sighs and says, you know, uh, Ben, Ben left. And she says, when we dated, was I hard to talk to? And she knows the answer from Noel here. The thing is, see, I don't like this. Yeah. You know, I'm not a big fan of she's not feeling secure in her relationship with Ben. So let me go to Noel and hear all the good things mm-hmm. about me. I don't like how she's playing them off each other. And this is definitely a thing that she's doing, right? And she's she's at fault for that just as much as anybody. So, um, you know, Noel, of course, is going to say, no, you're the easiest person in the world to talk to. Um, and then he goes into like, let me help Felicity mode. Well, I mean, she, she I don't know. It, I can't say either one of them are great in this scene as like people, mm-hmm. you know, because yes, Felicity is relying on getting her ego boosted by Noel. But when she says, you know, Ben's different, you know, he's, he's not like this, the smile that Noel gets on his face as part of that starts to remind me again of like when Felicity's in pain, season one, Noel. Mm-hmm. And I, yeah. I'm like, ah, don't do it. Yeah. Stop smiling when other people are in pain. So he's, he's been activated. He's, he's going to take it upon himself. He wants to show her something. We're going to find out what that is in a minute. In the meantime, we're going to another Megan and Christine. So they're now going to have another conversation in the hallway. This time there are a bunch of neighbors that are in the hallway, um, which I liked. I like that they had that element about it, that like here in this blackout situation, people from all over the, the building are convening. Mm-hmm. Um, it makes the building feel more lived in because rarely do we see anybody else in it. Yeah. So there's that was nice. And we're going to see Megan find Chris on the stairs. So they do find a quiet place, but we can hear other people talking in the background because um, there's, you know, other there's neighbors in the hallway. So I don't know. I like that they had this touch. Um, Megan... Megan's going to sort of come down with a final answer on this, I think, uh, if at least to Chris, where she says, you know, yeah, Sean and I just broke up and we're going to get back together. And that's all really good for me because I can't wait to make up with him. That's what we do. That's how our dynamic works. And I love him and I love guys. And, and I wish I didn't because they're idiots. But I do. Yeah. 
Yeah. So she's, she's, you know, we're never really going to get her full thoughts on the Chris or really any of her thoughts about the Chris relationship here. We can only read between the lines of how she's acting in this episode. Um, but she is at least giving Chris a firm answer. I think she gave Chris many firm signs by fleeing and saying no and putting her hands over her face and saying, don't do this to me. And, but, but the part of me that wonders, yeah, the part of me that wonders about where she really is with this herself, like in her own heart is the fact that she probably would have let Chris kiss her. Yeah. That's what I was thinking in the last scene. Like we don't see her pull away. Yeah. And it's like, all right, she has to really say this and she's just had this confrontation with Sean and it's solidifying in her mind at this moment. Right. She's like, I, when she says, I can't wait to make up with him. That's what she's thinking right now. Yeah. Yeah. And Chris here. I mean, I don't know. I'm not a huge fan of this. She, she says, well, there goes my prenuptial fling. And I'm just like, oh, that is, I mean, maybe she's just trying to minimize it because it's painful, but at the same time, like she is engaged Mm -hmm. and she came out here to do what? And poor, what was his name? Gary? Mm -hmm. Like I'm feeling for that guy. Yeah. This is the Uh, reverse Todd Mulcahy. I, um, yeah, (laughs) it's, it's, uh, it's upsetting. And Megan, Megan's like, are you sure that you should be getting married? Like, do you should should you be having a prenuptial anything um and you know they just sort of leave that there and chris is going to noodle on that for a bit oh they'll they'll resume that conversation later we're now going to head to the loft for a ben and avery scene and this is where we found out something about avery that i was like oh my god this woman so (laughs) he is prepping for tomorrow a victim impact statement. She's supposed to go to court and she's supposed to speak out about the impact of James shooting her. That is a huge, huge deal. In another show, this would be, you'd build a whole episode around, at least around Avery, like, and the things she was feeling and, and trying to brace herself for this victim impact statement. And this is like, what a cool cucumber this woman is. She, she, up until this point, you never even would have known that she had something as big as that happening tomorrow. Well, so to me, the reason that we don't have a whole episode about this is because she doesn't really care that much, it seems. I mean, to me, she is using the fact that she's going to go give a victim impact statement to tell Ben basically that she's in love with him and and to activate his hero complex. So he'll right. like want to talk it through with her and have a reason to do it. So yeah, absolutely. This is she's 100% for Avery. just using this as a manipulation tactic again to get what she wants, which is why I stand by my first statement about her, which is, I think that that she is a psychopath. Which I is mean, which is what I was thinking when I saw this. I was like, Fish might be right. Because yeah. I I was like, this is not 
a nothing thing. Right. <laughs> you know, I it's mean, like, she doesn't care if James goes out and shoots somebody else. She wants Ben and she's going to use this she, to get him. And beyond that, beyond that, like she was shot and almost died. And mm-hmm. that is a severe trauma that she's going to have to relive tomorrow. <laughs> like, and and yet, she's just like, whatever. Yep. This is a great tool to use with Ben. Correct. I find it so interesting. It is. It's a reason. <laughs> there is a reason this is diagnosable. Yeah. Um. This is not normal. No, it doesn't seem normal. And I, and again, it's not something that makes her like, to your point from earlier, it's not something that makes her like a good character. Like it doesn't, it's not like the counterpoint to all the bad stuff we're seeing. I'm just like, wow, this is, this is a thing the show is telling us about Avery that is, um, is so layering the levels of damage that she has in a way that feels nuanced. Whereas with James, it was like very extreme and piled on. And this is just like, well, whoa. So, well, and I also, I don't know how much the show did in terms of research, right? Because you have psychopaths and you have sociopaths and sociopaths are say much more, um, more quickly triggered to anger and psychopaths are very cool and very calculating and they say that psychopaths are born and sociopaths are made Mm -hmm. so in terms of trauma like if she was a sociopath like james is probably in that category right Mm -hmm. like when we see him he's violent he's you know but he's probably gone through a lot of trauma in his life. Mm-hmm. And so maybe there is potentially like a redeemable, we can like treat you for the trauma. Mm-hmm. But with Avery, it's like, she was probably born this way and it won't change. And to yeah. me, she seems much more insidious than James ever did. Maybe yeah. not more threatening from a life and death perspective, but just from a straight, like if I were to say who's evil kind of person, I mean, she, again, yeah. it's, but it, it's, it's, it's a it's diagnosable this mental condition. Thing, though, like you said, cause it's, I, it's been a minute since I had my last rewatch of this show and I did not remember that she was giving a victim impact statement here. And when I watched it this time, I was like, that's a really big deal. And also, did you see what she was wearing to the victim impact statement? Yeah. It's, I mean, Damn. it's like she was so unaffected by this that oh. I didn't put the weight to what she was actually doing here at all. And yeah. then watching it this time, I was like, you know, this it's so funny because this would be the type of thing that she should have needed support for mm-hmm. and this would be the type of thing that Ben would be a hero to her for to help her with but she doesn't actually care nope so while in a normal situation those things would be true this is a manipulation tactic for her mm-hmm. and it 
confused me as a viewer because for years I just watched this and was like, whatever, she's just going to court and it's fine. And then I just watched it this time and it landed totally differently. I was like, this is messed up. This is it a is, big deal. It and is she, a really big deal. She could very well be coming out of that courtroom like crying or in shock or like shaking nope. and rocking back and forth in a corner trying to come for herself. And she's just like, are we going to Southampton or what, man? <laughs> yeah. As I could not yep. wrap my head around, around Avery being the coolest cucumber of all cool cucumbers. I just can't. Yeah, it's a very nice way to put it. Um, or as you might put it, a psycho. <laughs> yeah. I mean, some people may say resilient, resilient psychopath. I mean, you know. Um, um, I don't but know. I mean, resilient. the thing, there's one thing about resilience, all right? There's another thing where if you are a resilient person, you can still care that your statement is going to affect James's jail time and whether or not he is able to get out and do and this to another person. Resilience doesn't mean emotionless either. It means right. you're overcoming hard situations. And a lot of us acknowledge that they're hard while we're going through them. And for Avery, it never seems like it registered for her Mm -mm. the actual weight of what was happening, not only for like what it means for James to be behind bars and not out doing this type of stuff to others or like getting help himself or whatever, but because mm -hmm. she herself just experienced a trauma three months ago that almost ended her life and something like this, rehashing for a court what happened to you how could that not be a thing that like makes you think <laughs> you know I like I, you if wild. we'd seen her in court she would have been very convincing as a victim yeah i yeah, think i'm sure she, she would have been she probably did shed some tears maybe had some shakes but we're telling you listeners this woman didn't didn't did not really. really feel those things um because she wants to tell ben i doubt she actually told the people but she will tell ben one of the things that i'm going to tell them about is meeting you it's like this great thing happened you know this is the thing and just i i don't see how that doesn't land a little sour for ben but it doesn't mm -hmm. seem to it doesn't seem to he i mean because he's he's trying to psych her up be like tell the truth and she's just listing off the things that you know happened as a result of this and yeah you're right he she includes him on it and it's just it's which is, not which is a positive it's not something that rings false for him yeah and he says i don't think that's really what they what they're know looking about. for yeah. and she's like yeah but that's the truth yeah and I'm just like, oof, ouch. Yeah, like, he's, oof. man. Um, he is a character. I will say that. So now we're going to head back to Noel and Felicity. And Sean's going to come in and Noel's like, hey, Sean, where is that Ben interview that just happened? And Sean is very distracted. Mm-hmm. Like he can't quite yet help with this project because he's he goes to Felicity and he says, "Did Megan ever come on to you?" You know, <laughs> like 
every woman that he's ever encountered in the context of Megan is now potentially a love interest, mm-hmm. um, which is blowing his mind. <laughs> and then, <laughs> <laughs> and then finally, he's going to direct Noel where to look, and Noel's going to show Felicity this interview that was done with Ben, where Ben is sharing his thoughts about Felicity. And sing some of the things that you were saying before, Fish. And I think that this is a really selfless moment for Noel. He, you know, he says, I remember when, you know, I was going through all this stuff with you. Mm -hmm. And Sean showed me this interview that you gave Mm -hmm. about me. And it really changed everything. And so I want to do the same thing for you now. Mm -hmm. So for me, this is like a, you know, it's the best of Noel. Okay. All right. So at least there's that. Uh, He stopped being the the thorn in Ben's side for a minute. Uh, I mean, not just stop being a thorn. I mean, he really goes out on a limb here. And is showing her something real and means to show her something real to get her and Ben, you know, back in the same place. Now, just because it doesn't work out that way doesn't mean that that wasn't his his intention. And he goes through some real pain, you know, when he's talk to me again next episode. Um, Um, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, well, as I watch it this time, <laughs> yes, yeah, this seems like a selfless moment. Yes, this Noel. is a great moment for Noel. Um, uh, Ben's the content of Ben's interview is you know he's really just talking about how he feels about Felicity's, and he's like Felicity, you know, she's tough. She has but standards. It's, yeah, it's good for me though because she pushes me, she makes me better, um, and I get upset it's, with her. Yeah. Some might say defensive. (laughs) He says pissed off, but yes, that's what happens. And he's like, but then I realize she's right. Always. She is always right. (laughs) And he asks Sean to erase. That's why I love her. Yeah. Yeah. And then he asks Sean to, yeah. And, And Felicity watches it. And she smiles and she says, thank you. And she kisses Noel on the cheek. And the pain in his smile and fate, like you see it when she's kissing him on the cheek. Yeah. You know, she leaves and then they just give you this like long close up shot of like Noel crumbling inside. He's, He's dying a little bit. Yeah. Um, maybe more than a little bit to the point where he just says to Sean, Hey, uh, <laughs> ever been to Seattle? Yeah. And we know he is thinking about that job. Yeah. It's like, he can't even be in the same. Yeah. This is becoming state. untenable for, for Noel. So we are going to head to, uh, a confusing button that they put on. <laughs> I what's... love this scene. <laughs> I mean, so it's a Richard Elena scene where Richard now is going to try to contradict every piece of uh, everything that he's done for the mm-hmm. rest of the episode as if that's like the the answer. And um, 
he's like, yeah, you know what? It's fun looking at these breasts online and they're great and all, but you don't need these. This is stupid, Elena. Like your breasts are perfect. And then he grabs them. Right. And I put it's sweet until he touches them. Um, Sweet until he touches them. And also you can't buy this for a second because every single thing that he's done to this point has been him being obsessed with the breasts like it's i don't think this contradicts that though because i mean one of the things that she says is you know there's all these different i think she says something like you like them all and he's like yeah they're breasts so it's like she has breasts i mean he's kind of all for them any shape or size okay fair enough fair enough um so then he goes to grab them and she's going to like karate kick or whatever his face kicks him in the head and knocks him off the knocks him off the bed and he falls on the ground he like tries to get up and falls down again and i just thought it was hilarious yeah um this is the appropriate response good job so i mean i just like it when elena gets violent it's fun for me (laughs) Yeah, that's fun. I I, I guess. Uh, what, Especially what when we this? see how bad it was. Yeah. I mean. Just, you know, what is this storyline? I just don't know. Uh, yeah, um, I agree. It's still stupid, but I enjoyed seeing him get kicked in the face. Yeah, there's at least that. The violence is fun. Yeah. Um, so we're now going to go back to Avery and Ben at the loft. Avery is inviting Ben to Southampton. Yeah, I mean, look. In all fairness, <laughs> I can understand Felicity being pissed at this scene because they are drinking to candlelight. You know, maybe don't put yourself in this position if you have a girlfriend. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just yeah. Saying. So I, I get it, right? So um, Ben is going to decline the Southampton offer, but Avery is like, hmm. Is that because you don't want to go or because you have a girlfriend? Think about it. And and he doesn't respond. He doesn't. Which is why she can say, think about it. I mean, she she is seducing him. She really is. is. Full on seduction. She she really is. And then like we're gonna see it so blatantly through Felicity's eyes in a minute because Felicity's gonna show up. Avery's gonna excuse herself from the room for a moment, and Avery and Felicity's gonna show up. And she's like, can we talk? And And Ben just looks really guiltily back, knowing Avery's in there somewhere. Yeah. And And Avery's going to come come right back out. Yeah. Carrying the most romantic of candles, right? It's the candle in the, I don't know if it's like a wine bottle or something. And it's got like the... The wax is dripped down around it. It's what you see in like the fancy restaurants yeah. version of a candle. Yeah. Yeah. And then and Felicity's going to look at this. Lie. Yeah. Well, Felicity's going to look at this with a question mark all over her face. She's like, mm-hmm. what is happening here? Ben's saying, just helping Avery with her victim impact statement. Why? Total lie. You were talking about Southampton and not saying that you wanted to be with felicity you know yeah and avery 
Avery's gonna leave. She's gonna yeah. leave, and run away. Run away. you know Ben's gonna reiterate to Felicity. Like they're really there's nothing going on here, and well, because Felicity asks, I mean she she straight up asks, "What is going on with you two? Yeah, and so she's not buying it. Felicity's really seeing the main points of this. She's like, "Look, you you have a whole thing with her." Like you had this whole experience together. It's not nothing. Um, and she's right about that. And I still feel like Ben is just kind of at sea right now. I think that he was deeply impacted by what happened to Avery and ultimately what he was directly there to witness. And I don't know that he knows exactly what compartments to put that into in his brain, but because Avery is coming on so strong, it's leading him down a path. But I don't know if that's actually the the path he needs. You know, like, I think... It's certainly not the path he needs, but let me tell you, it's happening. It's happening. he's not saying no. But I think the... I think... So there are... There are a lot of people who look at this with Ben and they're like, emotional cheating. He's doing emotional cheating on her. She uh, on Felicity. He's he's hor- he's horrible. We can't excuse this. I actually come down in a slightly more nuanced place with this, where I'm like, no, if this, if I were dating Ben and Ben were doing this, I would not feel good about this. But here's the thing. This is not exactly like Hannah comes to town and Noel has feelings for both women. And Noel's pulled in both directions and Noel goes off with Hannah. This is a traumatic situation happened and Ben is different. He doesn't necessarily know how. I don't know if he's got enough distance from this to know how, but Ben has changed. Ben is not going back to pre-shooting, pre-holding a hand, somebody's hand while they died, Ben, watching EMTs revive her, Ben. Like, I... This does not feel as simple to me as to boil this down to like um he's being a stupid guy cheating on you know, like I I think it's it's we're we're going down this path that feels like that but for me it's like Ben I'm not going to ask Ben to be pre-shooting Ben like and he has to figure out what this is and I think Avery is a complicating factor because of the way Avery's being. But um, he was really, like, if we think about that first interview he did with Sean in the episode right after, when they opened the episode and everybody was talking about their, what they experienced, and he's like, she died. And then they saved her. And the look on his face, you know, like, I just think about that. And I think it's really unfortunate that what we're getting from Avery is a woman who's preying on him. <laughs> like she has absolutely sunk her claws into him and is not letting go. And he's letting it happen. But. I mean, I am. I don't expect him to be the pre-shooting Ben either, but what I do expect him to do is continue to be faithful to his girlfriend and have these conversations with her 
instead yeah. of having it going on in his own mind and having these weird moments with Avery. Sure, yeah. And then layered on top of that, you know, using Avery as an excuse to take the easy way out, mm-hmm. you know, and then basically, you know, he looks back in a guilty way, knowing Avery's in the room, mm-hmm. and then he just blows up at Felicity. You know, he he's, yes, it's pushing on an insecurity of his. He's like, I have to cheat. He starts yelling. I don't really think it's about the test. Mm-hmm. Um, he's yelling because he's defensive and he's guilty and it involves the feelings that he has for Avery, mm-hmm. whether or not they are romantic, he is, he is being seduced by something about her, whether it's the money, whether it's the ease, whether it's how into him she is, whether it's the experience, something is happening. He is not examining it with his girlfriend. He's not being honest with her. He is hiding things from her. Mm-hmm. And to me, all of that is not okay. Yeah. And I do consider it. It's not so much, I would say, emotional cheating, but it's it's close. I mean, having this connection and having having Avery say, come with South Hampton to me and him not saying, you know, no, I love Felicity. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And I guess in this moment, I'm also okay with Ben deciding he shouldn't be with Felicity. And I know I'm not supposed to be feeling that way. No, I, it's that a show is called Felicity. No, that and... is a completely fair thing to say about a person. Like maybe he needs to figure some stuff out. And I guess I would have said, I, I guess I would have said the same thing about Noel and Hannah. Like if you want to be with Hannah, be with Hannah. And you're right. Like, I think it's the communication factor that's really missing here. Um, but in a way that I'm giving more uh, latitude to Ben than I did to know, I really think that Ben needs to do some digging and some soul searching here and find out what triggered him so much around or like what's different for him um, I guess around I the trauma. The same. I give the same latitude to both of them, I guess, because, you know, Noel dated Hannah for two years. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, she could have been his person for life. Um, And he was confused and he was, he was pretty honest about it with Felicity, which wasn't great for her, but at least he told her about it. Yeah. Ben's not saying anything. He's not communicating at all about this. And he's being asked point blank. And he's saying nothing. He is yelling at her about something that has nothing to do with what her actual question is. Yeah. Yeah. So for yeah. me, it's like two different situations. But, you know, it's one of those things where, you know, you, know, you got to get yourself straight before you can be with somebody else and i want him to do that i i kind of wish he had a moment without either of these people 
um, because either of these women, like, tr trying to have conversations and be there for him and support him. I wish he had a moment to just be like, what just happened? You know, like, what what is this connection I feel to Avery? What What is the thing that happened when I was in the ambulance? Uh, what does this mean? Because he really... Uh, I don't know. I, I just, this is bigger than all that for him. And You're I guess I'm bringing future knowledge in, in terms of like what sort of lands for him. But I, I, um, it, it is a traumatic event that led to all that, like that, that triggered all of this. So you kind of wish, but, but, you know, the show only, even at that time, there wasn't a lot of investigation of that kind of thing in shows. Um, I mean, I think there is a woman that Ben should be with, and her name is Dr. Tony Pavone. I, I would have loved to see that. Yeah. I mean that that would have been what really, he, that's what he needs. That would have been some, really some interesting. Fish. Um, I think that. Pavone could have really shed some things, shed, shed some light on some situations for him by asking the right questions. Mm -hmm. uh, that would have been very cool. Uh, we, I mean, we got multiple. this this story, but I, I um, you know, I, I, I want the best for Ben here, and I don't think that having either of these women breathing down his neck is actually going to give him that clarity until he has a moment to think. I and want the best for Felicity as well. And I think that she needs to get sorted around like why she's going to know, um, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, like in yes. these moments where she can't go to Ben. And I well, like that. I think that's a little more obvious, right? Yeah. He pumps up her, her ego. He's in love with her. He idolizes her. I mean, like these are these that? pathways that have been established in their relationship. And this one with Avery is a totally new pathway, but the one with Noel is a, it's been, it's been there. Um, the Avery factor is new and, you know, Ben hasn't had like a fallback like that in their relationship to this point. Um, so it is sort of strange to see this to see that he kind of has one now because it's being forced on him um, and he's not saying no. And he's got, he's got multiple things going on. He's got the trauma. He's got Avery coming on like a tiger. He's got the academic probation. Which he know? drops this. And so he apparently, he, he now equates failing this test to getting expelled. Yeah. And like, if I fail the test, I fail the course, I get expelled. And this has been an issue for a year. Yeah. Um, well, since last year. Yeah. Or the end of last year. So I, I assume it happened at the end of the academic year. Yeah. And um, I don't know how far into the semester we are. I mean, or maybe second Well, we're semester. after. It's been a while. It's second we're semester after finals. the holidays. Yeah. yeah. Um, so it's, well, let's see. And it's tied. It's the end of the year. Yeah. Because it, yeah. it we the let's get it on was the holiday episode but then three months passed oh that's right so that would Good put us point. march april yeah march it's april. been a while um 
they're and you know this is related to a deep-seated insecurity of his so mm-hmm. i mean there's so many levels and different parts of his life that i feel like a professional could have helped him with but he uh. If he's going to do this on his own, let's just going to say, I'm going to (laughs) predict he's going to be messing up, you know? I mean, that's how we You just made me really wish we had some Pavone scenes for this because I think that could have been cool. That's a missed opportunity. And, you know, I love Pavone. So um, (laughs) uh, the other thing that Felicity spots in this conversation, on top of it all, you know, Mm. like rubbing salt in the wound is that Ben is wearing the watch that that Avery gave him. Of course he is, because Avery was there and she was like, just try it on. And I mean, so let's just quickly tie up the academic probation thing. You know, Felicity is upset that he hasn't said anything to her because, you know, it's embarrassing. I haven't told anybody. Mm hmm. And I believe that, like, I don't think he told Avery that. I don't think he told anybody. He's just trying to deal with it on his own. And yeah, this is one of those things where, you know, Avery comes in, she's in his house, she leaves, she knows she's got him wearing the watch. So she's feeling pretty good about probably the the situation she's left them in. Mm-hmm. And I think she's she's getting the reaction out of Felicity that she wants. Yeah, and Felicity is going to leave near tears. She's like, you know what? Whatever. Full on crying. Well, just wear the watch. Do, 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 do help Avery. Like whatever. Yeah, I don't, I don't care, care anymore. anymore. Which she obviously does, but you know, she's just at that point where she's like, this this is that moment, Ben. <laughs> This is the moment where you actually go into hero mode and help Felicity. Yeah. yeah. But does he do that? No. No. What does he do? He just closes the door. Yeah. So let's go back to the ladies' apartment where we're going to see Megan and Chris. And Um, here's the big reveal. This is it. This is the question we've been asking. Elena's bed is apparently in the same room. Megan and Elena are roommates. Yeah. These are the two beds we've been wondering about. (laughs) So Megan is on her bed. Chris is sleeping on the floor. Chris has been up. Megan wakes up. And we we get the whole, was I snoring? Was was Elena snoring? Like, yes, (laughs) yes, this is what we needed to know. Thank you. Um, Yes, this is amazing. But the main point of the scene, even though actually for us, that was the main point of the scene. The main point of the scene is that Chris is really struggling she's been up thinking about this relationship with gary her fiance and she's she's struggling with the idea of ending things but the fact that she's talking in that way seems like megan got through yeah i mean she she says ending something with a fiance is going to be really hard but she says she's going to do it yeah she is going to end it yeah so I just, I don't know. I should have said this earlier, but um, I remember specifically in the floor scene, I really like her hair and makeup. I think they have done a really good job with her. So, okay. you know, I'm, right. I mean, it's like the weird 90s coloring, but, you know, 
I think they did. They did a good job with her. Well, it's weird for them. Yeah. Um, so now yeah. we're going to go to another another Noel and Felicity scene. I think they're still in the ladies' apartment in their kitchen. Yeah, I think they're in her kitchen, and I am not loving Felicity in this scene. Really? Really. I do love Carrie Russell's acting, though, at the end. Oh, yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah, I see your point. So, um, Noel, you know, he, everybody's thought things through in the morning. <laughs> yeah. Noel has and, been up all night. Yeah. Thinking. Noel's thinking, like, maybe maybe I might check out that Seattle job just possibly. I could possibly think about maybe mention, you know, just I, I want to see about the Seattle mm-hmm. job. And he says it to Felicity. Yeah. And Felicity completely ignores that and says, Ben and I got into a big fight. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Just totally ignores. Well, she gives him a wow. And then she moves uh, on to her thing. Um, yeah. She just goes yeah. on. She's like, you know, Avery happened. They have this connection. I can't compete. Uh, and then, she, you know, Noel goes into his adoration of Felicity, you know, state. Yeah. Ben can't really like Avery. Um, and then just, you know, casually drops. Oh, no, no, no I'm not really moving to Seattle. No, 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 now you and Ben are fighting. Well, I'm definitely staying here. I have no, to support you. I mean, like, you. in order to get there, because um, I think Felicity is a little bit more of a shaper of this conversation than you might be giving it credit for. So, like, you know, Felicity says the whole thing about that can't compete with Avery. Noel says, you know, I can't, Ben can't like Avery. And Felicity circles back to the Seattle thing because she's like, now you're moving too. This just sucks. Yeah. And and I think that is where he goes. Oh, wait, wait, wait. No, no, no. Did I moving? No, I didn't can't go to Seattle. It's like rains and there's Bill Gates and there's Kenny G. And like I, I just can't. <laughs> um and he, you know, he delivers that dialogue in the Noel way that we all know and love. But I, you know, he's definitely doing it saying, because of Felicity. Yeah. Like and Felicity being like just you're moving now on top of all of this. I don't think it was necessarily something she was trying to manipulate, but I do think that, um, I do think that that is the, the the result was the same. And yeah, this is more the like self-centered Felicity from before. Like she's in a lot of pain. She's got a lot of stuff going on in her head and she is not at all noticing how big of an effect her, her, like she and her words and her emotions that she is confiding in Noel, her not boyfriend, yeah. have on this man who is clearly head over heels in love with her. And he, you know, he says, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to Seattle. It's definitely because of her. And yeah. what does she say to that? Nothing about that. Nothing yeah. about Noel. No reaction. She just says, I'm sad. And from an acting standpoint, I want to give this an award for Carrie Russell in this acting moment because um, so Noel delivers his sort of quick paced reasoning for not going to Seattle. There's a little bit of dead air there. You watch Felicity's face 
and she's just sitting there and she's going all internal and she's thinking about herself and she goes i'm sad he's like you're sad and then you watch as the vein (laughs) slowly appears on her forehead just the delivery of the i'm sad and then the slow sinking into that and then the vein i mean come on it's I a, missed the vein this oh, time. Oh, it was it. so subtle, but you can see it coming out at the end. Just a little, the hint of a sad vein. Mm. Um, normally, the vein comes out when there's like a bit of anger behind it too. But this was just sad. It was a sad, weak vein. <laughs> I was just oh. like, man, how'd she do that? So uh, I, mean, she, I I will fully give her that that she is completely wrapped up inside of herself yeah. in that in this scene and and it is jerking Noel honest. around it it is jerking Noel around yeah but it's also incredibly realistic yeah yeah. Um, I mean, her world is kind of crumbling right now. So to, to yeah. hear Noel seriously talking about this move is is a lot. But um, Noel, you know, at a certain point, Noel, be your own person. Yeah, know? that is the thing. You do have to say to Noel, like, you're a senior, you're finishing up. Like, I get that you're in love with her, but you can't just be there for her all the time in this friendship role if it's gonna hurt you yeah and if you're sitting around waiting for like you know ben's cast-offs then that's creepy too Mm -hmm. and and here he smiles again every time he freaking smiles it creeps me out because she's so sad yeah and he's smiling again and think about too, like the the dynamic, the different dynamic of her relationship with these guys in, like, in the way they're allowed to become their own people. Like when you think about Felicity and Ben, they've had these situations where it's like, no, you go do this for the summer because you need that. Okay, I'll go do this for the summer because I need that. And they take, they give each other some amount of space to have these opportunities that allow them to grow their careers or grow themselves or grow their finances or whatever in a relationship. And then there's a lot of stakes in that. Like everything inside them may be saying, we want to do this together. We want to be together for this time. And they're, they've already had these moments where they've given each other room to go do something else. And then you look at this friendship with Noel and here Noel's like sacrificing the only job we know about or saying he might to, for what his friend. Yeah. You know, it's codependency central. It's not Um, great, you know, and it's like, um, and and he's prepared to be giving up more than she is you know what's she giving up um so it's like uh, i just find it so interesting those two the way that it's set up there and um man no i mean but the only reason that ben and felicity could give each other that time is because they felt secure then i think this ben and felicity right now are not that strong yeah no not right now so we have to remember that Noel is in a very different 
place and always has been in his relationship with Felicity. He's never felt secure. Yeah. So, you know, maybe this would be different if he really felt, you know, that Felicity and him were going to stay together. Yeah. You know, if the whole Hannah thing hadn't happened, like, I think a lot of it is timing on their part. He was too young and immature. Hannah came back, you know, everything got messed up. Then he couldn't come back from it. Um, I just don't, and now he's he's settled into this codependent role that isn't healthy for either of them. Yeah, yeah. Plus the smiling. Uh, plus the smiling when she said, yeah, and, and the sad vein comes out and the normal smiling thing. I Yeah, it's a lot. Yeah. Um, gosh. Well, let's go to <laughs> Elena and Richard button on that story. I love this. So Elena is going to show up at Richard's who, I mean, for sure, this is a broken nose, right? Oh, my God. His whole face is His broken. His whole face is like, broken. It's, and... it's like, <laughs> enti- it's like both eyes, part of his forehead, completely his nose, like around the bottom of his nose. Like she just like all black broke and blue. two thirds of his face. At least. Yeah. But she's going to bring over a muffin that if he's really hurting, <laughs> he can't eat it. Um, so And then she's going to try to eat it. Yeah. She's, she wants to apologize. <laughs> And she wants to loop him in on the decision that she's going to keep her her boobs and Richard's going to keep the muffin and then we're good, right? Yeah, he has to take a little, you know, cotton ball out of his nose so he can smell the muffin. But I mean, at the end of the day, he'll heal, I assume, by the next episode. Probably totally fine by the next episode, if I remember. I can't remember. Yeah. yeah. So we're now going to get to like a walk and talk sort of city day walking sort of thing with noel and felicity out on the street <laughs> and uh they're init- he's trying to talk about loser pet store and she's like can we not though i just let's <laughs> just go to a movie um and how dated was this he's like let me get a paper and he puts see what's playing. what like a quarter in the slot and pulls a paper out to see what movies are playing oh my god Gosh, yeah. it feels like the 90s again, or this early 2000s. It. This is what happened. So Nobody had a smartphone. Nobody went on, bought tickets immediately. I mean, it was simpler times. Not every theater would have had a website either at this point, even if yeah. they, even if you had access to to check that out. So, um, so they're going to go see a movie, but then Felicity sees Ben across the street. Ben has seen them. Ben's approaching them. Felicity's like, this is the absolute last thing that I feel like dealing with right now. <laughs> and Ben's going to say your favorite line. Can we talk? Can we talk? Can, can I talk to you for a second? Yeah. And Felicity is going to decline. She wants yeah. to go to a movie with Noel. Yeah. Just flat out no and walks away with Noel. And we watch... Ben, first of all, not at all fight this, which, okay, maybe he shouldn't. But as he walks away, he turns back and he looks at them. And it's not a look of longing. It's kind of a look of, well, Felicity's with Noel right now. Mm-hmm. So, like, where should I be? Or what What can I be doing? Yeah. And we'll find out that in a minute after we see a bit with Megan and Sean, the 
was it supposed to be comedic end to this storyline where uh i don't know yeah i guess this is all just so confusing for me so um uh you know their apologies happen sean's apologizing or megan Megan apologizes apologizes. chris has officially left and now sean perks up the threat is gone so he's fine so as long Um, as they're back together everything was good but then he's like but if you ever did want to bring a woman into the bedroom with us and megan's like what It's like, so she's going to joke it off and she's going to be like, you should have said that while Chris was here. He's like, really? No. (laughs) What's Sean's stance on all of this? I mean, Sean's stance is he's a guy and he wouldn't turn down a threesome as long as it doesn't, you know, jeopardize his relationship. Yes, so. Don't Um, you remember how Elena found out that all men were pigs? I mean, no. Yeah, but I mean, if if Sean was like red hot about the idea of Megan being gay, and that hasn't actually been discussed now, like, why is this okay for him? You know, like when I don't know, it's if it's another woman, and it's really, I mean, they're back together again, right? Mm -hmm. So like, as soon as they're back together again, everything's fine. They all get hot tempered. You know, it's their thing. Um, you know he's a guy i mean what do you want me to say like they're they're falling yeah. into stereotypes about men and they're and just sort of it, glossing over this because they never want to address any of this stuff again on the show so right. it's like how can we just sort of group hug this out and uh and then let them move on to totally different stories in the future yeah, they have to prepare to fight for next week yeah it's just so crazy to me. over the peanut butter right yeah. Well, it's not peanut butter, but it's probably something not like yeah. inconsequential. Um, the thing is, like, I guess part of my complaint about this is that every fight gets a fight of the week, one week sort of thing, whether it's do you like my nose or like, are you gay? <laughs> well, <laughs> it's or like, like a previous relationship comes back into town and she almost cheats on him. Yeah, like I don't think that all of these should get exactly the same amount of weight in terms of episode time. You know, I I do think that they, no, holding by that statement, I think that there are certain fights they have that feel like this is, you know, this isn't a big deal, really. They'll fight, they'll break up and they'll make up again. And then there's stuff like this, which is like, uh, this isn't a one episode fight in that same yeah. way but it's a one episode fight nonetheless so there you That's have fair. it i was thinking the same thing um so where did ben go after seeing you know felicity go off with noel well he is now waiting for avery after her victim impact statement and i i love this shot because i wasn't sure where he was Right. He's just sitting in a hallway. And I thought maybe like he had to go into the dean for his Mm. academic probation or something. And you start seeing people walk out of this room and everyone is dressed in like brown or gray sort of suits. And it's like all very like muted and serious. And I was like, it could be academic. And then this blonde in a red dress comes out Mm -hmm. and I'm just like, damn that's what you wore 
to the victim impact statement. She was ready to look good. My yeah. Um, I mean, you were just expecting Ben to be there, weren't you? I'm not really sure that if you're if you're thinking about like. I need James to be in jail for the rest of his life. I don't think you want to make yourself look great. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, you probably want to look dress. like you're just barely put together. <laughs> <laughs> like I'm hanging on by a thread, but I, I got at least this together for this statement for the court, you know, like yeah. maybe that's the way to go. Maybe that's the move. If your priority was the victim impact statement, but if your priority is maybe Ben's waiting for me after the victim uh-huh. impact statement, you wear your best red dress. That's right. And she did. Uh-huh. And then, so, and then she's going to feign surprise at seeing Ben. And then Ben yeah. is going to inform her. I, She's like, how the test goes? Like, I, I think they went okay. I, I didn't actually use those old tests that you bought for me. Um, we'll see how it goes. Yeah. And then Avery reinvites him to Southampton. Yeah. And what I wrote down as my last line here is he has the Felicity smiles for Avery. He's got those goofy. Hmm goofy smiles that he usually has while looking at Felicity, but he's not looking at Felicity. It's mm, interesting. Mm-hmm. So, so there's that. I mean, look, uh, I don't know what you're about to say to this, but, but fish who's, who's the worst. <laughs> Let's go to the, you're the worst segment. Yeah. I mean, there were, there, there was a, a wealth of worseness um, in this. But, you know, I stand by my choice. Chris, you're the worst. Figuring out, coming to terms with, and living your truth in a world that may not accept you is hard. But that is not an excuse for a prenuptial fling. Megan is with Sean most of the time, and trying to kiss her is not okay. It is doubly not okay when you're engaged. I applaud your courage to tell someone that you're in love with them, not knowing how they will respond. But you're engaged. Are you picking up on a theme here? You and your emotions are important, but so are your fiancés, and cheating is cheating. Not to mention poor Sean over here, whose only crime was desperately wanting to show you his documentary and a minor helping of ignorance and bigotry when it comes to sexuality. But still, focusing on you. You didn't come to watch the documentary. You came to steal his girlfriend. Not cool, Chris. For all these reasons, And because I am now and will forever be Team Sean, Team Sean, Sean. minus the ignorance and bigotry, Chris, you are the worst. Okay, Chris, you're the worst. And that is the last piece of paper in my second notebook. I have gone through two full notebooks taking notes. Paper is dedicated to Chris being the worst. Yeah, which I will recycle. We, we love the earth. Okay. 
It's good to know. Thank you for adding that note there. I'm sure we all feel a lot better. Much better. Um, well, Fish, it's time to go to our favorite segment. <gasps> segment you're all waiting for. After you listen to this tape, you have to erase it. Sorry. That's right. It's your feedback. Your feedback, audience. And here, let's, let's bring in two uh, quick comments about end to all a good night. Episode 11. I definitely, I definitely want to hear about that. I'm hoping some people have thoughts on Avery. I am saving... Well, I have one quick comment about Avery, but I'm actually saving a few comments about Avery for next episode. Uh, Timing-wise, they're better for next episode. But but let's open with a a simple one that didn't feel too spoilery um, from at Heather M. O'Brien underscore about and to all a good night, the Christmas episode. She says, Mm -hmm. no, this marks the start of Avery. Ah, well, yes. All right. So so clearly the Avery hate has already begun. <laughs> yes. Um again, I was looking for an Avery comment that wasn't too like uh spoilery to what happens next episode. So that that'll, you know, or maybe even the episode after. Um so that felt like a good way to get, just just pace out how we're feeling right. <laughs> about Avery. Um, we've got one about Ben from that same episode where, again, I apologize to you if I am mispronouncing your Instagram handle at Nesca underscore Teje, who says Ben's speech for Barbara always makes my heart melt. He's the sweetest guy on earth. I mean, it was a good speech. He does, he does several speeches. Very good. The one to professor Morton. This one, I mean, I wouldn't say he's being the sweetest guy on earth in this episode. <laughs> I will but. say, like, I think part of what works with what what lands so effectively with the Ben and Barbara speech, maybe more so than any of his other speeches that we've seen, which there haven't been many. But the, the thing that's really, it's not just what he says to Barbara, which is a little bit rambling. Again, he had a strong <laughs> opening, a strong, a strong close. Yes. And then like the middle gets a little wonky, but yeah. the stakes of that conversation were very, very high for him. Like the conversation with Professor Morton were pretty low stakes for Ben at the end of the day. But this is Felicity's mom, who is not inclined to like him, and it is inclined to like Noel, and his potentially validating Felicity's own concerns about Ben. And so Ben actually, like, asking Barbara to sit down for this conversation is, like, the first point of courage. You know, like, the fact that he's even willing to ask her to have this conversation Almost regardless of what he then says, I think that's a point to itself. And then, you know, the fact that he's halfway coherent, <laughs> um, he, you know, he has a strong pitch at parts and then, you know, he doesn't do damage to himself with the rambling stuff. So that's good. <laughs> but man, the stakes for this are so high. Yeah, it was, I agree. It was very courageous and also really mature thing to do. I mean, it's not something that I think many people at that age would have um, 
you know, not just the guts to do, but even think to do that, to, you know? And I, and I like the fact too, that he didn't make it about Barbara bringing a message to Felicity. It wasn't like, can you just next time you talk to her, tell her that you think differently? He wasn't angling for anything in particular. He didn't make a call to action for Barbara. It was just sort of like, I feel like I, this relationship needs to be repaired. It's so sad to see where, to see that that happened and where we are now. Mm-hmm. I mean, I get it. Three months went by, but and we didn't get to see those three months. I know. Well, okay. We've got one more and this is something that I think that we started to address today, but fish, I want to firmly plant it in our brains because of this comment from at insta.mickey who says Felicity never activated Ben's hero complex. She never went to him for help with anything ever. Not even when she went to the stupid frat party, she could have asked him for a night to talk about her feelings. Like he sometimes does. Um, Episode one next season is another example. I mean, let's not even bring that up. She goes to Noel before going to him. What makes him think she doesn't need him, that she can handle things? Or that makes him think she doesn't need him, that she can handle things. Fish, uh, so at Insta.Mickey, you continue to wow me with your ability to not spoil for fish while talking about the thing you want to talk about. (laughs) You nailed it. We love you. We heart you and your whole vibe. Um, It doesn't even like fish. You don't even need to know what happens in episode one. The point is you're seeing, you know, it's another example of what we're seeing right here in this episode. Um, Like Felicity, Felicity's instinct to go to Noel instead of Ben. And you might also say Felicity goes to a lot of people instead of Ben. Yeah. I mean, she has a support system, right? I mean, we've talked a lot about how alone Ben has been Mm. and how she's been building a support system and really bringing him into it. But I think we also have to remember back to season one where the reason she broke up with him was because he didn't want to hear her talk. Like he didn't, like he didn't want to listen to her. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean. But then when they got back together, it's because, well, I think about like the pool, the pool break in and he's like asking her what's going on with her dad. And she's like, don't really want to talk about it. Um, so he fair. started to be she able to change his moment. capacity at some point after Maggie. Yeah. Um, And I I don't think the frat party is probably the best example, given that she may have had some guilt, right, wrapped up into that. mm -hmm. But I'm looking for, I guess, another good example of where she's having a hard time and she doesn't turn to him. I mean, in this episode, she goes to his door to talk to him Mm -hmm. and finds another woman there and starts crying she directly asks him what's going on starts crying and leaves she's clearly not okay mm-hmm. and he doesn't go after her mm-hmm. and and then you know uh he's over hanging out with Avery before and after that mm. so it's like yes and no and maybe I'll see more of it and more good examples but 
you know, Felicity wasn't holding something over Avery. He, she didn't watch Avery die. Like she didn't go through that kind of, you know, moment. So I'm, I would need to see something where she actually needs to reach out to him. She's not on academic probation. Mm -hmm. Like it wouldn't have made sense for her to go to him when she was going to potentially fail the class because Noel was the TA. They Mm -hmm. have kind of set it up in that way. Mm -hmm. And then I feel like the dynamic starts to be solidified, right? When you do that. And so, yeah, she's she's going to Noel when she has problems with Ben to get the ego boost. Um, like Ben can't save her from himself. He doesn't even know what he's doing. Mm-hmm. So if she had like an outside thing that was going on, then maybe, you know, mm-hmm. um, maybe he would like she could ask him. Uh, I mean, Julie certainly asked him and leaned on him. But I think in Sadat Mickey makes a good point in that Felicity isn't codependent Mm -hmm. on Ben. She's not the same way Julie was. She's not the way his mother is. And that may be a plus for her. Mm -hmm. Maybe it's too far in the other direction. I don't know. Well, I think it's something good for us to be thinking about at this point in the show forward. Um, so let's, let's keep that in our minds as we talk, as we talk through future episodes. Cause I do think like the hero complex from Ben is certainly something that's coming up a lot. And the fact that it's never applied to Felicity. And the question also is like, how much does she ask for it to be? Um, so it's, I think it'll be interesting to, and I've never looked at the show through this lens, uh, either of those lenses. So who knows, who knows what we'll come up with, um, very interesting, mm-hmm. though. Yeah, point. absolutely. Well, Fish, it's time for us to rate this episode. And uh, did you want to jump in there? I can. Yeah. That's how you do it. All right. Well, as always, I rate in gloves. Mm-hmm. And I think it's been really interesting talking to you about this episode. Um, more so than when I was actually watching it. I think the most interesting parts for me when watching it was the Avery stuff. It was the Avery and Ben and Felicity and and just sort of like picking out her manipulation. I thought that the stuff with, you know, Megan and Sean and Chris was really interesting. But this time I knew it wasn't going anywhere because you had told me that last time. So that was in the back of my head and I said it would be applied to my rating this time um, because I think you're right. It is, it should not have been a one episode story. Um, So that is frustrating. All the stuff with Elena was stupid. It was funny when she kicked Richard in the face, but the whole boob thing is rough. Um, Noel, Noel is something. guess it's going to be interesting maybe to see what happens with Noel but at this point I'm just kind of sad about him yeah like I I kind of feel for the guy it's he's sort of a just a sad sack um, <laughs> I hate to say that it's probably like, a good place for you to be with him right now yeah it's uh and he's still married so you know hey um so pretty much like I, I you know I just wasn't 
that interested in a good part of this. They did have some nice shots, I will say that. Um, but also following everyone around frustrated my notes. Mm-hmm. So um, this one's only going to get a five from me. Yeah. Fish, would you believe it? I have the exact same rating. Oh, that almost uh, never happens. Wow. Uh, this was an easy one for me to rate because I thought the weight of the things I hated about this episode matched <laughs> the weight of the things <laughs> I loved about this episode. And so I gave it a five out of 10 as like, a, this is straight down the middle. That's, um, that's the way I feel. It's like, take it or leave it. But it's extremely, it's not like a meh five. It's like a very inconsistent feeling about this episode five. It's an ambivalent five. I have to say, I don't know that I knew it was going to be this high a rating. Oh. When I thought about this episode, because I just thought about the Chris stuff and I thought about the Elena stuff and I was like, ah, man, here we go. And it feels a little bottle episode-y with some of that stuff. The Avery stuff isn't a bottle episode, but the, you know, some of these major storylines that we're tracking, we'll never hear about again. And so um, I thought when I was thinking about this episode that I would not like it uh, or that I would rate it lower. But then I have to say like a huge bump, like 10 out of 10 for camera work. Um, Mm -hmm. So many interesting, like you said, this split screen-ish shot with Felicity overhearing Ben and Avery, even something like that was inventive, but just the choreography of this episode to try to get the moving camera tracking the moving people and that feeling of everybody has some sort of a some sort of a relationship here, all those little side one-off lines here and there with characters that you're not even really tracking in that moment. Um, I thought that was a unique way to do this episode and probably took a lot of work. And I think they pulled it off really well. And and when you were talking about the way that the storm tracked throughout the episode too, uh, mm-hmm. I thought that was nice. So the, the stuff that was great was so great. And then there was the stuff we didn't like, which we didn't like the same stuff. And, um, and that hardly know. ever happens. Yeah, Yeah, we're pretty in sync on this one. I think, I I guess I sort of, I I unfairly kind of put my thumb on the scale with you by telling you, (laughs) which was an aggressive move that I chose to make up front to tell you that we were never going to hear about Chris ever again. Um, But, you know, it really affects me when I watch this because I want to stand up for the act, you know, for Mandy Foreman, like give her something to do. Oh, oh, this is it give her more of that to do. <laughs> it's like, all right, we did. Yeah, And also it's an important topic. Yeah. Yeah. But I do think that you're right. I think that they weren't equipped to talk about it then. And they weren't, maybe weren't sure how it would land with the audience. Maybe it definitely wouldn't have landed right. I don't know. Um, so they were all gun shy from the haircut. They were like, if we cut our hair and this happened, we better not do anything else. Yeah. Yeah, I I don't know. So it's a five out of ten for me as well. Oh, did I tell you what it is? Uh, my rating, my unit rating? measurement is unwatched documentaries. <laughs> Very nice. There were a lot of choices that I refused to do for rating <laughs> measurements. I was like, there is no way this is going to have to do with boobs. Yep. There's no. I was just not in. 
not in on some of those really easy ones. So unwatched yeah. documentaries. No, I like it. It's it it ran the whole show. Mm-hmm. It was completely really not watched the whole show. I yeah. like that. So we've got a a very strong ambivalent five from you and a very weak apathetic five from me. <laughs> yeah, both both fives but for different yeah. reasons perhaps um or with That's different right. with yeah. different spirit. Yes. Um well, listeners, what do you think? Tell us your thoughts. We've talked at length about this episode. What, what what's your feedback? Send it to us. We'd love to hear it at the Melissafish at gmail.com. It's Melissa with one L, two S's, the Melissafish at gmail.com. Also, be part of the conversation. All kinds of Felicity fans are talking about this show over on our Instagram at Felicity Podcast. Plus, if you want to know when we drop a new episode of our podcast, we can tell you. Just sign up for our newsletter. So wherever you're listening to this one, check your show notes and there's a link to sign up for our MailChimp newsletter. And then, of course, while you're there, go ahead and rate and review us because the more people that do that, the more Felicity fans out there can find this podcast and become part of the community and talk to you even. Mm-hmm. So that's that's the plan. Now, Fish, next mm-hmm. episode, we are going to talk about the breakup kit. What do you think that episode is about? Yeah, I actually saw that as the next episode title, but I quickly averted my eyes before reading the summary. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I'm hoping that it has to do with Elena and like Felicity maybe even Megan um, create like a little breakup kit to get her out of her funk with, uh, with Tracy. And it has, I don't know, ice cream and mixtapes and nail polish. And I don't know what you put in a breakup kit. I usually just have a breakup song and I listen to it on repeat like forever. Um, So I'm hoping it's that and it's not, felicity and ben breaking up um but you know that does seem to be the direction things are going with uh our lovely lady in red so uh, my hopes are it's elena getting out of her funk um and you know what you know what really helps people get out of a funk when they're in a breakup ruby's baby yep (laughs) <laughs> I really think that that definitely is going to be part of of the breakup kit will be mm-hmm. Ruby bringing her baby and putting it in the breakup kit and then handing it. Wow. To okay. Yeah. Okay. That's cute. That's yeah. cute. The little air holes in the breakup kit and you're good. Oh, see, uh, I was thinking like an open bag. Oh, okay. I, That's I wasn't actually thinking like a box. <laughs> you have to put air holes in <laughs> and a child pops out. Yeah. Like one of those puppy carriers. Yeah. Okay. Um, but hey, I don't know. You're the one who's seen it. So, you know. Sure am. It, it I'm telling enough. you it's a box. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah. All right. It's not a satchel or tote bag. Um, okay. So, well. That's the prediction of where we're Uh headed. I like it. I like it. Well, anything else you want to say about this one, Fish? 
No, I think we've said all the things. I'm surprised we actually talked about it this long, given that we both gave it fives. Yeah, I know. Yeah. I know. They packed a lot in. Well, all right. Until next time, fish. Don't hook up with Ben while I'm gone. I'm a fish. Bye. Bye, everyone.